A new study suggests there are actually four times as many real-life psychopaths in senior management than the rest of the workforce. Kind of scary. I don't know who to trust. I know what you mean, Blair. Trust's a tough thing to come by these days. Tell you what, why don't you just trust in the Lord? The way it looked at me. The absolute way it looked at me. And this when it looked at me, it was almost like it was remembering me. Because when it grinned at me, I went to pieces. And, then, and a lot of people are going to think to themselves, he says it grinned at it. You bet it did. You bet it grinned at me. And like I said, Brooke, it was almost like it was remembering me. Almost like, I remember you if we run into each other again. I don't know what the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. All I can think of is, I don't have enough shells. There's no way that I can protect my kids. I don't have enough shells because there's three and I only have two shells. And I only prayed, I said, God, I just said, I hope that by the time they get done, they're full. But I didn't know what they were. The globalists don't believe in Satanism. They believe they're contacting interdimensional aliens through the drug use. They're going to merge with the machines blast off into hyperdimensional space and that's why they're so crazy that's why they want to get rid of us that's why they're smiling and giddy and acting so nuts they believe they are in contact with these entities and are being directed by them and the entities are telling them eternal life total power total control everything you could ever want just kill everyone set up a world government build this design we're telling you build what we're telling you build this build this let us through build the hadron collider open the dimensions let us in we're gonna really help you we're friendly little guys abs in a six pack Yeah, when I spoke to the family today, they said they couldn't help but worry that some critical facts here are still missing and some assumptions are being made. The family says Fort Hood told them Fernandez had been at some point on suicide watch, but they can't find out exactly when that point was due to HIPAA regulations. All they know is that the sergeant was at Darnell Army Medical Center from August 11th through the 17th, and he couldn't tell them too much on the hospital phone while he was there. Fort Hood also told his family Fernandez was released from the hospital on the 17th and driven to a Colleen home by someone in his unit. But is that true? The family said Fernandez had not actually lived in that location, the Army specified, for weeks, and his car was found on post, and his former roommates at that location had told the family they never saw him. And for his mother, perhaps the worst of all, the night before Fernandez had disappeared, he promised her he would call. A Sunday evening, he told me, Mom, as soon as that I get out of the hospital, I get my cell phone, I will call you. 
I'll make a video call so you can see me. This is his last word to me. I promise you, I'm going to call you and the Monday never happened. So when Fort Hood put out she a thinks release it's that funny. states the host currently believes Fernandez left on his own accord, the family Crisis actor? help Question but have doubts. Fernandez had kidding. already been working with a unit sexual assault response coordinator and had been transferred, Fort Hood said, right. to ensure Sharp. he would have proper care and ensure there would be no reprisals. Andrew Moore, 6 News. Right. Okay, so that brings us. I thought up he said there was to, going to be more to that report, but that's just his fucking name. That's just it, and there really isn't much except for there was something that was released just recently the other day. Um, we're going to get to that in just a second, but as of September eighth of twenty twenty, just a couple months ago, the uh, medical examiner of Colleen County or Fort Hood base, I'm not sure which one, says that. Uh, Elder Fernandez died of suicide. So he hung himself from that tree. He folded up all of his clothes. I mean, the funny thing about some of these reports about his body and, and how, how he was found was that all of his stuff, his clothes, his ID, everything was in a nice, neat little pile close to this tree where he hung himself. And it really, you know, I don't think that he Wait, didn't. Wait, so he, hang got, he got naked and then he hung himself? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It is interesting, for sure. And just the case of Fernandez and what he was going through, the fact that he was hospitalized, I believe that he was raped, possibly, um, or had to engage in some sort of sexual abuse at the hands of superior officers, uh, probably at the hands of his own caseworker for his report of being sexually harassed. And I know that's coming out on a limb, but I think that's what was going on is that, that there's a the, hey yo limb. Uh, <laughs> you gotta do it, dude. You Fucking gotta do dark, it. dude. But I think that that was going on. I think that he was uh, being forced into some sort of prostitution, some sort of prostitution, some sort of sexual activity that was against his will and it fucked with his head. And he was undergoing treatment for that, both emotionally, psychologically, and I believe physically. And I think it got to him. The dude's 23 years old. He's not a grown-ass man, but he's a grown-ass man. He's a four-year Army you know, veteran. He's been through the shit. Smart motherfucker. And, and he's also, we got to remember that a lot of these victims are um, Latinx. You know, they're, they're a different culture. And there's a whole different kind of pride. You know, they don't, there's a different kind of pride. There's a different kind of, of machismo that comes with men of specifically hispanic and mexican and this is fucking texas so there's a lot of hispanic and mexican central american people that are in the in the military in this particular area and, and it, um, would it be safe to say that hispanics not not to generalize but they tend to be a little more homophobic or less accepting of gay shit that's exactly what i'm saying yeah i think yeah. i think you fucking nailed it you know and i think it really fucked with them and i think that with all the medication that he was under, as you kind of were pointing at Beamer, very astute observation. Mm -hmm. I think it just kind of got to him. I don't think he was in his right mind, but I think he was in right enough mind that he knew that he probably saw downrange that there was no way he was going to get out of this um, unscathed or undamaged. The damage has already been done. And if he wanted to pursue a career, this is going to be plaguing behind him like a shadow for the rest of his life. I don't think he was able to live with that. And I do think he killed himself.
Um, it's just mm -hmm. really fucking tragic. It's a super tragedy. It didn't, I mean, and this is a super tragedy of someone who took his own life. And I think it's not untrue, but it doesn't pale to the amount of attention that Vanessa Gillen got, you know, because she was actually like, you know, murdered. So, right. Is okay. this the same so, guy who was prescribed antidepressants and Ambien? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's the uh, that's the second okay, mass okay, shooter, okay. Ivan Lopez. Okay, gotcha. You just blah, we... blah, gay sex, blah, blah, Congress. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to get to that. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that clip up. We're going to have to play that clip again here in a little bit. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's, it's safe to say, I think, Bame, you're right, that when he was hospitalized, that he was probably massively dosed, mm -hmm. you know, because that's what we do. We don't especially we don't talk about the 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 cause of the problems we just right. mask the symptoms with medication exactly. and and exactly. and if this is a guy who is going to go into the hospital and start talking about the cause of the problem and pointing a finger which i think is arguable at the people who were in charge of his protection and in charge of his official capacity to report these things safely that they, I think, is arguable, were the ones that were actually doing this shit to him. There's no way he could escape that. The damage Absolutely. is done. His tarnish was, you know, his reputation is completely tarnished. He's made himself out to be provably a bitch. And he's, you know, he's not going to continue to live like that. So he chose not to live at all. So that ends the saga of Elder Fernandez. Fucking horrible. Fucking tragic. Um, but so that was... Uh, August 25th, when his body was found, he was missing August 17th. The whole eight days had passed. And uh, September 8th, they ruled it as suicide. Jumping back to about a little bit more than a week. I think it was actually nine days. Well, no, it was only 30 days in August, I think. Um, Private Coralton L. Chi, 25 years old. Chi died August 30th after collapsing during a training exercise um, not unlike what's his name, um, Christopher Wayne Sawyer. No, Christopher Wayne Sawyer was uh, found dead in his house. I'm thinking of um, God, what's his name? There's so many dead people. <laughs> one of the ones who was uh, one of the ones who was killed in the navigation exercise or whatever it was. Yeah, land navigation. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So not unlike him. Uh, he collapsed. Yeah, that was Sergeant Bradley Moore, 36 years old. He died during a land navigation August 13th. Um, August 13th, that's when he died. So going back to August 30th, about 17, 18 days later, Private Coralton L. Chi collapsed during a training exercise two days before August 30th. So it was August 28th. He collapsed August 30th. He died. Uh, further details around his death have not been released. However, an autopsy will be performed by Southwestern Institute of Forensic Sciences in Dallas, and this incident is under investigation. This is as of August 30th. At this time, though, his family members suspect foul play, saying that bruises and scratches were found on his corpse and that the two days, I think, um, he had been texting his family that things were not cool, he was worried, and then when he was found, there was bruises and scratches all over his body. He texted his fiance that, quote, something was wrong. Uh, hours before he collapsed, he texted his fiance. He said that something was going to happen to him. 
is what she said, his text said. And I don't know if there's any records of these text messages. You would think that there was with all the metadata out there. But so just hours before he collapsed, he was texting his fiance saying that he thought something was going to happen to him. And it was the last time they heard from him. Uh, officials told family, family members that night that he had collapsed, that he was hospitalized and in critical condition. His body was covered in bruises and scratches, and he had a huge bump and a laceration on the back of his head. Wow. So this is a guy who was training and then collapsed. And then two days later, he died. And in the meantime, he was communicating with his family that shit was not right. He was something was wrong. And he felt that something imminent and bad was going to happen to him. Yeah, it he, seems like they're intentionally this news report is being intentionally vague with what he was saying was wrong. You'd think he'd be more specific in those text messages. Well, if it right. may not have, I mean, unless he, if he knew exactly what was happening, like he was being harassed by somebody, then he probably would have said something. It could have been, if it was just two hours before it happened, it could have been like one of those sixth sense type things that happens a lot of times with people before something totally. bad happens. You're like, shit, something's about Actually, to happen. yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Totally. It, it could have been a premonition kind of thing. And it also could have been this, like, suddenly he just doesn't feel normal that, um, yeah his body perhaps was being and this is going to be sound maybe a little bit crazy but it could be that his body was being targeted that perhaps suddenly he went from being fine to inexplicably being not fine and it was so strange and jarring that he was texting his fiance saying that something is wrong i don't know what's happening to me but something is wrong i've heard this over and over and over again studying different levels of uh, different and the bowels and depths of different types of uh, gang stalking and electronic harassment. People go from light to dark overnight and sometimes just within hours or minutes where they feel great. And then all of a sudden they're being assaulted physically. And I think that there's something, maybe a frequency there, frequency there. But, and I don't mean frequency as like a common like a occurrence, but frequency as in like electromagnetic. So and I, I don't right, know. I've, right. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard theories like this. Yeah. So, all right. So that technology. was Yeah, exactly. Uh, was that they call V2K voice to skull things like that. Okay. So that was, uh, August 30th. That was basically right at the end of the summer. And since then there hasn't been any more deaths or missing people that we know of that's come up on the bubbled up to the surface of the mainstream. And in the meantime, as of, uh, September 8th, 2020, Congress has been basically had their hands forced by the family members of all these people to do an investigation into Fort Hood after over 28 soldiers died at the troubled Texas base. This is from the New York Post. September not not much news coverage of that congressional investigation. I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, not much. You know, the only uh, it's <laughs> fucking it's it's tragic, dude. The only newspaper or magazine that's actually been covering this continually and consistently is the New York Post. The same New York Post that was censored yeah. on Twitter, the same New York Post that broke the Hunter laptop story, the oldest newspaper in the country, as far as I understand, the one that was started by Hamilton himself, you know, it's the only newspaper that's actually been covering any of these stories. So if you want to know more about this, listeners, um, look into the old stories of the summer from the New York post. Cause they're, they're continual and they're all linked together which cause they do a really good job at linking these things together. And unbelievably it's actually objective reporting. 
There's no hmm. slant at all in these stories, which I thought was really refreshing. Interesting. Nice. So, um, Two congressional subcommittees launched an investigation into Fort Hood after an alarming number of deaths and felonies and felonies were reported at Fort, Fort Hood this year. Representative Stephen Lynch, Democrat, Massachusetts, and Jackie Speer, Democrat, California, announced the probe in a letter to Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy dated Tuesday, calling for McCarthy to provide documentation and administrative responses to the deaths and reports of sexual harassment. This is a quote. As members of Congress, it is our solemn responsibility to provide a full accounting of the conditions and circumstances that may have contributed to the recent disappearances and deaths of Army personnel at Fort Hood. Uh, Chairman of the House Oversight Re Sub Reform and Subcommittee, blah, 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 blah. Uh, as members of Congress, it is our solemn responsibility to provide full accounting. Did they just repeat? Yeah, they just repeated. This. Maybe I repeated it. I think I, I copy pasted the same, the same quote twice. I know. Okay. So at least 28 soldiers have died at the base this year. Four who were reported missing were found dead around the base, including specialist Vanessa Guillen. I don't know why she gets special treatment except for the fact that she's an endangered species. Vanessa Guillen's killing sparked national outrage. Her killing sparked national outrage, but not any of the others. Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy acknowledged the unusually high number of deaths at the military base and has announced the Army's own independent investigation into the facility. The Army also removed Fort Hood's commander, Major General Scott Eflin, from his post earlier this month. And between 2014-2019, there was an average of 129 felonies committed each year at Fort Hood, and those cases included homicide, sexual assault, kidnapping, robbery, aggravated assault. It's noteworthy that the Army removed Fort Hood's commander, Major General Scott Efland. Um, that's the person who spoke last. I think it was Vanessa Guillen, clip four. That was the important top brass guy that was talking about how heroic she was and how we're all in this together. Right, yeah. yeah. So he's speaking he on her removed. behalf. Yeah. He's speaking on her behalf and he represents the army and he's in charge of this whole operation that's going on down there. And he was the guy that was personally removed by this congressional subcommittee. One, he and another person. Actually, there was about 14 brass that were removed from their posts as a result of this investigation. It's pretty heavy, but I thought it was interesting that uh, the very speaker at her funeral uh, was basically taken out of place. Um, no reasons so, given. Uh, there, yeah, there's, there's a lot, but, um, okay. Well, okay. All right, Beamer. All right. I'm just we'll interested. Go there. I'm, I'm just interested, <laughs> you know, I mean, no, like, no, I, it's, we're, you're, you're jumping ahead, but I'm, I'm, I'm there with you because we've got to move this thing along. So the goggles, findings what's, of the what's, committee, uh, what's Mo always tell, uh, Adam goggles, goggles. Curry. Yeah. Goggles goggles but in this case go ahead and put those no keep don't put those goggles on just yet because we're about to get there but um since you asked the findings of the committee identified major flaws with the sexual harassment assault response prevention sharp from implementation reporting and edu and adjudication so the findings found that this whole sharp program was fucked every which way from sunday according to secretary of the army ryan mccarthy the report also identified fundamental issues with the Fort Hood Criminal Investigation Command field office activities that led to unaddressed problems 
in the installation, meaning Fort Hood, and a command climate at Fort Hood that was permissive of sexual harassment and sexual assault, sex parties. Uh, Senator McCarthy or uh, Secretary McCarthy directed the relief or suspension of 14 Hood soldiers down to the squad level based on the review's findings, including Major General Scott Eflin. So if you want to go ahead and do that throwback clip of uh, uh, Vanessa Guillen 4, kind of we can do a little reminder of who that Eflin guy was and his kind words. Oh, shoot. Hang on. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Get your clip open. <laughs> uh, okay, you said four? Yep, Vanessa Guillen, four. Word, 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 word. Stalling, stalling, stalling. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Friends and members of the media, thank you for making the trip and joining us here during this tough time. Yeah, this I is Major Scott Eflin. Our heartfelt condolences go out to the family and friends of Specialist Vanessa Guillen. Our thoughts and prayers are with them during this difficult time. I lack the words to make sense of this tragic loss. Vanessa was part of our Army family, and her loss accordingly is felt throughout the Army and throughout the world. Sadly, I stand here to report that the search for Specialist Vanessa Guillen has resulted in the very outcome that I had prayed it would not have from the very beginning. Right. The Armed Forces yeah, that, Forensic that Examiner found dead. has determined through DNA <laughs> analysis that the remains found near the Leon River are in fact those of Vanessa. The Guillen family was notified of this yesterday. All right, you can cut the Which clip. in turn allows me to come forward and share this information with you today I publicly. I want to hear it out. Okay, okay. We're now confronted with the most, the aftermath of one of the most heinous acts I can imagine. So genuine. My God, are you still talking? <laughs> okay, so that's, that's the guy that was thrown out top brass. He was the number one guy out of the 14 that was thrown out as a result of this investigation from the subcommittee at the behest of Secretary Ryan McCarthy. Uh, the Army has also directed new investigations into the command climate and the SHARP program. The report identified Fort Hood's leadership's ineffective execution of the SHARP program and a failure to culturally integrate SHARP throughout the enlisted ranks where close to 90% of sexual assault victims are reported. Many females indicate a lack of confidence in the sharp reporting process, which significantly impacted a victim's desire to report. The committee also identified chronic understaffing, bureaucracy, and a lack of experience, uh, I guess that would be ineptitude, at the Fort Hood CID Criminal Investigation Field Office. We found that they were using Fort Hood as a training ground for uh, criminal investigation agents. So they were training CID agents at Fort Hood. They were rotating out of Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and going straight to Fort Hood as non-credentialed apprentice agents. And within two years, they were rotating out. So what they're doing is they're getting greenhorns that are just straight, basically right out of the academy in Missouri. They're getting transferred directly to Fort Hood with zero experience. They're non-credentialed, so they don't have anything to lose. They don't have to, they don't have any credentials. They don't have a they don't have any um, acronym in front of their name. 
and their apprentice agents. They're greenhorns. They're dishwashers. And they're getting sent from Missouri to Fort Hood. And within two years, they're rotating out. So they're only in, they're, they're, it's not like they're starting their career and they're making their career to be within Fort Hood. They're going to Fort Hood for a training exercise, essentially, for two years. And then they're rotating out. So they don't have anything to lose, these brand new greenhorn hires, these CID agents. That's what this report found. So, so everything from the... Uh, executive level of this sharp program is just bullshit it's 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 illusion it's not real and the people that are that are in charge of maintaining this sexual harassment and assault response program the sharp thing they have nothing to lose by not doing their job because they're going to be set in sale within two years anyway to go on to their new assignment so that's so it sounds like these investigators aren't too sharp yeah they're Real not man. at all okay um let's go ahead and do uh let's, let's go ahead let's go Dead ahead and joke do city clip, over here clip number five Whoa, you're ready fort hood tunnels at the time it was a very secretive kind of place during the cold war project 76 was a construction of two intricate tunnel systems carved more than 90 feet underground. It was purpose-built to store, repair, maintain uh, nuclear and atomic weapons. At the time, there were only seven of these storage facilities across the U.S. There was a guard force on the outside. Most had no idea these weapons were sitting under the hills of West Fort Hood. It was so secretive, even the guards weren't allowed inside. For 20 years, this tunnel complex stored nuclear and atomic weapons before it was decommissioned in 1969. But in 2003, it was reopened, becoming the only tunnel complex in the entire U.S. available for training. Smoke suddenly fills the corridors. A dazed worker stumbles out. It's just one of many scenarios that now play out inside these tunnels. And for this tunnel emergency rescue team, they have to stay ready. Triage has one patient. For the worst case scenario. The purpose of this is so that we can cover the Army and other DOD entities that want to come in here and train in underground operations. This 24 man crew underground is on operations. standby. Anytime <laughs> units or agencies use the underground facility. Fire is out. Which is often. Not only does it benefit the department, but it benefits the Army. These tunnels have become a training hotspot. Pretty soon, uh, Homeland Security is coming. Because of its long corridors. Definitely have to have your bearings inside there. Complete darkness. Otherwise, you get turned around real quick. Not to mention, it's buried underground. There is no other range in the world where you have to worry about uh, how much oxygen there is to breathe. It makes an ideal location to train for things like a subway collapse or combat in the caves of Afghanistan. Combat environment for soldiers nowadays uh, uh, brings them in contact with these underground facilities all over the world. And while mystery and rumors once surrounded the tunnels of West Fort Hood. There's no alien research done here. Uh, there's no UFOs. This underground training facility has one purpose. Nice to get out here and actually put everything you learned in, into a scenario. To train soldiers and first responders. Yeah. We have to be prepared for any instance. For anything. We don't know what might occur. And everything.
enhanced investigation tactics. Torture, right? Is that what the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So enhanced there's a interrogation whole techniques. There's a whole series of tunnels that were recommissioned in 2003 that are specially operated for specific levels of training. You know that those things aren't just, I mean, you got to think about this. Like, There are levels of personnel that have access to these tunnels day and night. You know, what's going on under there? It's, it's, what uh, is he building in there? What's he building in there? Some Tom Waits. You need to get some good Tom Waits clips, although you might get sued, but fuck it. It's twenty. Well, if it's not his music, I'll be fine. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think you can get away with 30 seconds, though. I don't know. Yeah, I think it, Darren O'Neill tells me usually 15, but it depends. Yeah. He would know. He's the he's As long as it's Godfather. transformative enough. Uh, But yeah, no. Tom Waits. I got a... Yeah, I don't have any Tom Waits. I do have Christopher yeah. Walken. A lot of have that. some pride. In yourself, have some faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord, and don't tell these scum-sucking motherfuckers nothing. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So a whole series of tunnels underneath this whole operation. Um, okay, so let's jump ahead real quick here, and let's just do let's wrap this uh, with sharp investigation. This is the sexual harassment assault response prevention. Let's go ahead and do clips uh, sharp one and two. Just back to back. Yes, sir. And we are just learning over the last hour or so that the U.S. Army Forces Command sent an inspector general team to Fort Hood earlier this week. They are inspecting the Sexual Harassment Assault Response and Prevention Program, or SHARP, at Three Corps and Fort Hood. The seven-member inspection team is focusing on three objectives, examining the SHARP program's implementation at Fort Hood, assessing whether the command climate is supportive of soldiers reporting incidents of sexual harassment and sexual assault, and lastly, identifying any potentially systemic issues with the SHARP program at Fort Hood, as well as any resource constraints. Who wants to know? Did you reply, who wants to know? Yes. It was my birthday. You know, we're just hanging out, having a good time, you know, drinking, you know, doing what guys do. And, you know, doing what guys do. It was him handing me a shot. Men. <laughs> he helped me to his room. Um, he told the people I was there with, you know, I'm going to take care of him. You know, he's going to be fine. He put me on a bed. And um, all I can remember is going in and out of consciousness as he was taking pictures of me, touching me. Wasted? or roofied. I woke up feeling very sick. I'm already thinking, do I tell? Roofied. Or do I not tell? And for something in me, I don't know what it was, just told me that I really need to tell this. I really needed to get it off my chest. When I told my NCO, my VA came to meet us and she took me to the hospital where I would have my safe exam and pretty much um, took care of the restraining order that was put against the person who attacked me. My VA and my SART, they, you know, let me know the resources that were out there. The most important asset in the SHARP program for me was definitely my VA. You know, she was very professional. She called me by name. She didn't call me a victim, which I hate being called a victim. She really took my case seriously and she really fought for me in the times I needed to be 
fought for. Right away, the, the SHARP program, you know, got CID called, you know, started my investigation. Um, Those experts. You know, offered me help, you know, who do I want to talk to? Talking it out for me was very, very important. I didn't really even know it in the beginning. I blamed myself a lot, and it really let me understand how it wasn't necessarily my fault. After going through the SHARP program, I do feel like I can continue on. I feel like I do have the, the help that I needed. Well, ha! Elder. Gay! <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. You got it, man. You fucking nailed it. Uh, uh, Elder Fernandez certainly didn't think so. <laughs> and it makes me wonder uh, how many others on this list of people that died this year that didn't die like uh, by disappearing underwater or being hit by a car while helping someone at an accident or uh, being shot at a strip club. It makes me wonder how many of these other people knew that their commanding officer, their seniors, or even their fellow, you know, jarhead fucking people in their units were gunning for them or involved in a sex trafficking operation that that they were trapped in and they were trapped in because they were enlisted soldiers. How many of these well, people I think died? It's kind of, I think it's kind of bigoted of you to judge other people's uh, gay rape and lifestyle. <gasps> Yo, it's 2016, and if you're not cool with homosexuals in your schools teaching your kids about butt sex... That sounds like Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It sounds like uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, <clears throat> I know, well I'm be. totally gendering all these people, and I should be shot. Um, all right, so let's just go ahead and... You're cisgender, not misgender. <laughs> That's right. Let's move on to... Because um, we're going to wrap this thing, man. I've been holding you guys hostage. Uh, let's clip to uh, Secretary Armin McCarthy uh, mouth farting. Uh, oh, yeah. Farting nose mouth. Over the past five months, I have asked an independent review committee to look into the command climate at Fort Hood, clip. Texas. While the review focused on Fort Hood, there are Army-wide implications. Today, I am sharing the actions we are taking in response to that review and the observations of the chief, the sergeant major of the army and I over the last five months. Leaders are responsible for the success or failure of their units, the welfare of their soldiers, and the culture of their organizations. On December 8, I relieved or suspended 14 leaders in the chain of command at Fort Hood, Texas for failing to provide our soldiers the leadership they deserve and a climate in which they could thrive. We have formed a People's First Task Force that will identify bold initiatives to address our most significant challenges. Thank you for your courage. We have also initiated a change to the current Army policy for how we classify missing soldiers. These actions are consistent with the decision to elevate people to our number one priority and our efforts to provide increased time for our leaders to train and care for their soldiers. There is no greater responsibility than caring for our nation's sons and daughters. We must have service members at every level, leading with conviction and moral authority. We have a great deal of work ahead of us. This is only the first step to addressing and fixing these issues. 
Yeah, they got to get better. I believe in this institution with Covering every ounce tracks. of my being because of the extraordinary people who serve in it. Shit got we hairy must this live year. up to the people's trust. <laughs> got out of hand. Day. I am confident in our leaders and our ability to refocus our efforts on caring for our people and winning our nation's wars. Yeah, he's just, that's just, it's just fucking farting out of You don't know shit because you've never been fucked in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, throwback clip to uh, clip number three. Uh, okay. Zinger. A Fort Hood soldier accused of running a prostitution ring appeared in military court today. Sergeant First Class hey. Gregory McQueen is accused of luring female soldiers with money problems into having sex with other soldiers for cash. Today, a witness talked to... Is he related to Steve McQueen or the race car played by Owen Wilson, Lightning McQueen? Do you know which he one is, it is? He, he's related to the race car. Okay. But you can't say race cash. anymore. Today, oh. a witness talked about the sexual <laughs> encounters with men on base and around Colleen. McQueen coordinated a sexual harassment program at Fort Hood at the time. The hearing Ding. will determine whether or not McQueen faces a court-martial. Court-martial. There you go. He was heading... The same sharp program, the same sharp program that's being investigated now, the same sharp program that you would find in that clips, uh, sharp two, that young soldier who was an actor, I have no doubt was saying saved his ass and he felt confident pursuing his career, knowing that sharp has his back sharp. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, clip Fort hood, shut it down, shut it down. Meanwhile, thousands of people have signed a petition calling on Fort Hood to be shut down. So far, more than 310,000 people have signed it. Fort Hood... 310,000. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if it was 330,000? Or 333,000. Yeah. All signed right, hold on. Okay, Fort so hold on. Pause, pause for a minute. We're going to have to replay it from the beginning. But I, okay. it should be noted that it's, it's 310,000 people have signed this petition to shut this shit down. There's 40,000 people at Fort Hood. That's three times, four times, five times the number of people that are at Fort Hood that wanted to get shut down. I mean, I'm not so sharp with math right now because I've had five beers, five beers, what's, five cold beers. Yeah. Okay. What's uh, crazy is I've only had a little bit of wine tonight, so I'm not quite as sloshed as I should be. But pussy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do the, uh, I gotta gay myself for that one. Gay. gay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, but uh, so this is this is about half as many as signed a petition to get Bill Gates arrested for war crimes. What's the number it takes before Congress has to look at it? Is it two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand? Fuck, I don't even know, man. I unfortunately one of those two. I didn't, even, I didn't know even know Congress had to look at a petition with a certain number of. Uh, I think it's like they're signatures. required, or the White House or somebody's required to like actually do a hearing on it if it hits a if a certain petition hits. I don't know. Maybe that used. Maybe that they probably got rid of that law once they started realizing everybody was like legalize weed. And it's like five, ten right. million people. Yeah. They're like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so this petition, this petition started up before Army General or Secretary McCarthy was farting out of his mouth, and before he did his investigation. This whole now McCarthy's the guy that all the MAGA people like, right? Or is that a different one? 
Um, I don't know who the Magomaniacs like, but they're fun to watch. But this McCarthy <laughs> guy, he just farts. He's just, he's just, I mean, I got to give him some credit though, because at least he's responsive to this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. He's at least responsive and at least he's part of some sort of perception of change. He's per- he's putting on an appearance, an act that things are going to change and he's going to get to the bottom of this. And he's the guy, you know, and he's got our best interests in mind. He's a politician, no matter which way you spin it. He's an army secretary. Um, but ultimately, w- nothing's going to change because all he's going to do is they're going to they're going to have to do they're going to have to do better and by doing better really that means they have to do better about covering up their mistakes you know and actually like really really not just dismembering those bodies but putting those body parts all over the place so that wildlife can take them away you know so that nothing can well, come back to it to really really also the, the, <laughs> the squad also is fixing the problem because they really pushed and i think they got it into the new national defense authorization act this year uh, they're going to rename all the forts. Uh, oh, because yeah. Because the forts gonna... are, or too many of them are named on racist Confederate generals and shit. So they're going to just, you know, they're going to go ahead and rename all those and that'll fix the problem. Right. They'll call Fort Hood like Fort Bel Air, <laughs> <laughs> Fort Compton, Fort Los Angeles, <laughs> all right, Fort I'll, I'll El restart. Cerrito. All right. Yeah. Okay. Clip, shut it down. Fort Doritos Locos Taco. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna restart the uh, the petition thing. Meanwhile, thousands of people have signed a petition calling on Fort Hood to be shut down. So far, more than 310,000 people have signed it. Fort Hood officials briefly addressed the petition today at the Vanessa Guillen press conference. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt it again. But why wouldn't he start this report with hundreds of thousands of people have signed it? Why does he say thousands of people have signed it? 310,000. I don't know. It's almost like he's trying to downplay it. Maybe I'm reading too much into his report. I don't know. All right, sorry. Signed it. Fort Hood officials briefly addressed the petition today at the Vanessa Guillen press conference, saying, quote, they were well aware of it and happy to be a part of the Central Texas community, end quote. Yeah, so over 310,000 people want to shut this whole thing down, the whole operation, which is never going to happen because, as we've demonstrated, Fort Hood is integral, uh, at the very least, transparently, as a uh, skin trade operation hub where there can be all kinds of training to take place. And also because that's the launch point for people to get deployed. They go from Fort Bliss, Fort Bragg to Fort Hood, and then they launch out from there to go kill little brown people in countries we can't pronounce or locate on the globe. So it's necessity. It's never going to go away. They just have to get better at covering their tracks. Um, But yeah, so I don't really have much of a... theory i have a couple of sub theories but i think ultimately i think more than half of these people that have died that we know about uh, in 2020 i think more than half of them were involved unwillingly into some sort of a skin trade that was violent and that they either knew about or were a part of or had been made aware of and were very likely silenced um Sometimes maybe they silence themselves. Like I believe Elder Fernandez killed himself. I know we all know that Vanessa Guillen was murdered um, after and only because she reported being sexually harassed. But what does mm-hmm. that word mean? What is harassed? 
It could be someone comes on to you. I have a feeling she's probably like not that. But then again, she is 20 years old in 2020. Woke fucking fuck. She could have been so mad that someone looked at her. Or she could have been being accosted by this guy. That fucking Pro that dude. Probably accosted if he's willing to probably. beat her in with a hammer and cho chop yeah, her no up with a machete. Right. But I think it, you know, you don't have to go any further, really. I mean, if you want to be, and I, I like being lazy about some stuff, and I'm going to choose to be a little bit lazy, but just knowing that that fucking McQueen guy was the head of the Sharps program uh, mm -hmm. back in 2017, and he was convicted of sex trafficking, and he was the point man for the Sharps program three years ago. How long was he in that position? Who was yeah. there before him? Who was he servicing? How did he was how was he able to plead away from assault and battery that saved him a 40-year prison sentence? Clearly, to me, it's obvious that there is a massive chain of influence that goes into this thing to keep these things under wrap. And Senator McCarthy is just the face of change where we know nothing is going to change. But as long as we can put all these things in place and we'll we'll have these press conferences and we'll talk about it and we'll talk about how we're all in this together. But quietly, he removes the very same major general who was doing part of the eulogy or the announcement of Vanessa Guillen's remains being found. He had something to do with it. Yeah, and that, he did. He sounded like uh, about as far from genuine as he could be in that clip where he's like, "Regret to report." Uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, absolutely rehearsed and and uh, and just shallow, you know. But if he was one of the top, one of the very first people to be removed, clearly he had something to do with her death. And with the system of abuse that's been going on at a command level, and if you have you a say command he's a level, top, that's... from how he, you say he's a top, but from how he sounded, it sounded like he's more of a bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, major general, 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 private general. <laughs> he's a... so anyway. Yeah, people want to get the place shut down. I don't think it's ever going to happen but it's not going to stop um for well, i gotta rename it because hood sounds like kkk shit so i know it does so if, if you want to let's go ahead and do let's just let's let's really wrap they this should up. call it fort good and it'll all be fine <laughs> fort good fort good that's, that's gonna be the name of the episode that's the best all right let's do um fort hood flood kills five They were on East Range Road and Owl Creek, kind of a rugged area on the north side of Fort Hood. And rugged is the key here because the rain was to the west of them on top of what's called the hill country. Hill countries from San Antonio to Georgetown to Austin and, and on up a little bit farther to the north. So the rain fell uphill to the west of them into Owl Creek, which is normally fairly dry, running all the way down across East Range Road. And as they tried to drive through it or around it or something happened at that intersection, at that crossing, the vehicles were swept by this water. And the rivers are swollen in Texas. I can prove that to you here. This is the Brazos River here near Sugarland, Texas. We were upriver a little bit yesterday to Richland, Texas, in Richmond. And we are seeing water as high as they've ever seen it. In fact, some of the river observers that have been there for 50 years said the old high record number was 47. 
Yesterday, they saw 53. Now, what does that mean? That means it's six feet higher than they've ever seen in their life. Pamela, this is not a boat ramp. This is a road that goes under the bridge here, I-69, on the way into Houston. And cars should be coming up here and merging onto the highway. There's not a car that's going to be here for probably months until this water goes down. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Right. So, floods. water, because the water, the water rose. So it escalated. <laughs> Grasping at straws here. You got it, man. I know. We're, 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 we're wrapping it, dude. We're wrapping it. Okay. Flood kills five. That was in 2016, I believe. Um, Fort Hood family dead seven years ago. Dun, dun, dun. Tonight, former soldiers are weighing in about a tragedy at Fort Hood. A man and two children were found dead this morning at a home on post. KXAN's Kevin Schwaller has been covering this story for us all day long, and he joins us live from Fort Hood with the latest. Kevin? Communities are finding out about the deaths tonight. Three bodies were found around 7.15 this morning. Investigators are releasing few details, leaving neighbors to wonder what happened. Even as the circumstances surrounding the death of a man and two children remain in question, the emotion of the loss is real outside of Fort Hood. Uh, God bless that family. Eric Tutwiler was in the Army. Even That's a good sound, not serving now, a certain empathy rises from hearing what other service members now face. It's a lot of stuff that we go through these soldiers' mind that, you know, regular civilians won't not, might not know about. But the best resource that you can go to is family. A.C. Ward heard about what happened from his wife. Wow, really? It's so sad. Ward says he spent 20 years in the Army, five combat deployments. He also says during those years, a neighbor was killed on post. Now he's looking back because he thinks about the deaths at Fort Hood. We all want to be soldiers, you know, we want to be rough and tough and be the, you know, the macho guy and, you know, be strong and all that. But as a Christian, you know, you got to feel for the family that's what's going on, you know, that two kids. Kids that I feel the worst for, you know, they had a future ahead of them. What, what have they got now? Those fighting overseas know the risks. Ward says home. Wait a minute, aren't the kids dead? Ah, good catch. Why would he say what? Would they, why would he say what do they have now? <laughs> that's, know, a, that's a that's a good catch. Kids, kids that I feel the worst for, you know, they had a future ahead of them. What, what have they got now? Those fighting overseas well, know the risks. They're dead, you Ward fucking hillbilly. It's where they're supposed to feel safe. Sad, but it's like, what the hell? Investigators do not believe there is any further threat to the community. They are looking into this as a homicide. However, that is standard procedure to be thorough. They are not saying what happened at this home on post. Reporting outside Fort Hood, Kevin Schwaller, KXAN News. Right, okay, so that was seven years ago. Tragedy. You know, a guy and his kids found dead in their house. Who knows what the fuck is going on? Fan, uh, f uh, five people perished in a flood uh, four years ago, five years ago. Motherfucker's been dying left and right in 2020 at Fort Hood. A lot of them uh, killing themselves. A lot of strange disappearances underwater. Is it really a command culture of abuse? Is it sex trafficking? Is it... Um, depression anxiety ptsd from deployment and recurring all back of the above back, sounds all like... the above or is it something else uh Ooh. bonus clip 
one. Weirdness one. Uh, got it. I live in Central Texas near actually Fort Hood. My husband's retired military now. Uh, he has a job where he works a lot of time out of town. Um, I'm retired also. I was a, worked in a dental office for over 20 years. Um, and we have like a nice house out kind of in a rural area. So every day after school or when their parents brought them home, they were out on their trampoline. So She's talking about her I was neighbor's in the house kids. and I was sitting oh, gotcha. in our living room and we have an Arcadia door that's right next to our living room in our dining room. So I was inside with my dogs and I was watching some TV and um, <laughs> I heard the kids. Well, I thought it was both of the kids or something. I heard yelling and it was the kids and I thought, oh, they're playing or whatever but then it kind of sounded angry and i thought okay they're like maybe i don't know fighting each other because kids have a tendency to pound on each other when they're that age because like i said the little girl's about eight and the little boy's six so i still kind of ignored it and then it dawned on me after about another minute that this it was one child and they were screaming and so i turned the sound down on my TV and I heard it was the little boy and he was like, mom, 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 just, just screaming for all it was worth. Like his life depended on it. So I got up because I was like, <coughs> what is going on? And I went and opened my Arcadia door and I walked out across my yard and my dogs went out with me, but they stayed on the back porch, which was kind of odd because normally they like those kids and they have a dog too, but the dog wasn't out with them that day. And so they normally run over and like, Hey, it's the kids come pet me. And, but anyway, they stayed on the back porch. I walked across. He didn't even notice me. He was so focused on his back door screaming. He was red faced, tears coming down his cheeks and he was just freaking out. And so I walked up and I was like, Hey, you know, I kind of yelled to get his attention. And he looked at me and I was like, what's wrong? And he said, I want my mom. And I said, okay, are you hurt? And he said, no. And I said, well, what's wrong? And he said, I'm afraid. And I said, well, what are you afraid of? He looked at me and he said, it had ears like a dog. <gasps> so I thought, okay, that was creepy. Oh, she, okay. I have a guess where this is going, but I will, I'll, I will, I'll hold my tongue. Shut the fuck up, Chris. <laughs> I've heard too much of your podcast, <laughs> Dean Reiner. Um, maybe I'm still thinking like, nah. Maybe he just saw an animal and he didn't know what it was and it had ears like a dog, right? So later on that night, usually I go to bed around 10 or 11 or so. And so I always let – my pit bull never wants to go out after dark, but my catahoula, she always wants to go out. So I let her out through our master bathroom. We have Sorry. Her what? Her catahoula? Catahoula, I guess, is the kind of dog. Sounds like a kind of cat. Ah, they, they make all kinds now, man. <laughs> I have like a, a little porch area and a door right there so she can go right out. And so she went out and it was a really dark night. Like it was, I, I don't think the moon was out because normally when the moon's out, you can see way out into that field and everything. So it was just pitch black. So I let her out and it wasn't 30 seconds Outside and that dog was pitching a fit. 
and she was at the fence line. I could hear her and she was barking and just carrying on. And it sounded like growls and just really loud. So I went outside and I had the light porch light on, but you can't see really past the porch light. And I have a pretty good sized yard. So I could see her at the far end of the yard on the north side of my fence. And she was just going at something and something was going at her because I heard this deep guttural, like it was a constant growling. Like you could hear it over her barking and growling and she Uh was pacing back and forth. And so the hair on the back of my neck went up again and I'm like, Oh my God, what is that? You know, I couldn't see anything. I could not see anything. So I ran over to her and tried to grab her collar and she would not come to me. I mean, she stayed away like arm's length away from me. And she would circle me. And she even kind of pushed up against my leg a couple of times, like, go, go back, go back, you know. And um, I just kind of freaked. I was like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds big and it's not getting my dog. So I ran back into the house. I left my back door open so she could come in. I grabbed my phone and I called my neighbors who we've been friends with for almost 20 years. They live across the road, like west of us. And I called, I knew her husband was home and I said, can you send him over and help me get this dog? Because there's an animal in the field that's next to our house. I can't see it, but I can hear it. And I don't want it coming into my yard to attack my dog. So he came right over a couple of minutes. It seemed like forever. And I said, meet me at the gate. So he met me at the gate. He had a flashlight, but he came over and she went to him, you know, so he grabbed her by the collar and we got him in the house. She, he was shining his flashlight to try to see what it was. And I asked him, I just wanted to get her inside. So we got her inside and I asked him, I said, what did you see? And he said, I don't know. It just kind of looked like a dark shape running over the far fence line over there towards the hill. And I said, okay. He said, you know, it's some kind of animal. I said, well, yeah, I, I know it was growling. So anyway, Idiot. that was <laughs> back in January. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> We have a chain link fence between us, and then they have a chain link fence on the other side. Chain link fence is about four feet high, I'm estimating. And um, he has two sheds. He has one that's on the north side of his property. It's smaller. And then he has a little bigger one pointing more towards the south side of his property. I have a huge ash tree, too, along that fence line. So she She ran to one side of the ash tree, and she was looking, and she was barking. She was looking straight ahead, like right across the fence between those two sheds. And so I got up and went about 10 feet off of the porch, and I saw it. It ran. I saw this dogman thing. (gasps) It ran from the shed that is on the north side of his property to behind the shed that's on his south side of his property. And it was fast and it was running on two legs and it was gray and black and it had its hands. I swear to God, it had hands, not paws and they were curled up and they were in front of him. And it reminded me of like Jurassic Park, how you always see like the T-Rex. Is that the dog man that in the runs and holds its hands right. in it. front of it like that? He sees it now. Yeah, and then it was just gone. It was just gone. So shut that dog up. I cannot up. believe that I was seeing what I was seeing. I was just so freaked out. I was like shaking. My heart was pounding. I was like, no, no, no. I did not. I didn't see. No. I mean, I know I saw it because it was flesh and blood and it was real. And it wasn't that far away from me. 
Jesus, it took that lady a while to get to the point. It was kind of I, a shaggy no. dog story. Uh, that was that was actually really interesting. Like I I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting uh, I wasn't expecting a dog man. Uh, dog out of man. This. Dude, like, no, well, like I, what? I, like what? I, uh, <laughs> as soon as as soon as like about like thirty seconds into the clip, I was like, oh, Dean's taking it to the dog man. I was that <laughs> of excited. Course, Animal human hybrids. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> it was just Alex Jones running around in the woods. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh no, yeah. The dog the dog man stuff is really crazy. Yeah, what right. is this? Well, uh I heard you talking two. you went in deep on the dog man stuff when you were on Grimerica and I was like, ooh. Oh, dude, I no, I didn't go deep at all. I just recounted my own weird little psychic experience. Nothing at all like what I've been researching. I'm going to dig into with that you on a later date. But uh, go ahead and move on to clip weirdness two. My name is HCS. I live in Colleen, Texas, where Fort Station is um, prior military. Colleen, Texas, Elm Scroll, Fort Hood. Mobile Home Park. Lives in Trailer Park. I shut off the fan and I heard the woman still yelling for help. So I came outside and I was hearing the voice of a woman yelling for help. So I went back okay, inside uh, the house. Uh, pause pause the, the clip for a minute. Stop the clip. Stop the clip. Stop. All right, Stop I should, I the probably clip. I didn't want to set it up too much, I, um, but I should probably set it up. So this is a guy who lives in uh, Killeen. He's former military. He's retired from Fort Hood. Uh, he lives in a trailer park. It was the middle of summer. He had his air conditioner in his trailer, and it went out. And so Jesus he Christ, was, Ricky, it's a damn Sam squinch. He was standing in the front of his trailer outside, and he hears the sound of a woman screaming from the tree line near the edge of the property where his trailer park is. So that's the setup for the show, for, for the clip, I mean. And the boy's okay. a woman yelling for help, so I went back inside the house. Grabbed a bat, and I came out, and I started following the voice, the cry for help. Uh, went through the park. As I cut through the park, I could... This, okay, this is Texas, and not one of these people so far has a fucking gun? What the hell's going on? I don't know, man. I, when that last... Sorry, I, did, I don't mean to... I do have to say this. Like, the last clip, like, that lady was like, I went inside to go get my... And I'm like, she's going to say gun, and she was like, my phone. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what? I know. <laughs> well, that's how we fight back now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta film this. Yeah. As I cut to the park, I could hear. Put it on the gram. That the voice was coming from the wood line itself. So I'm out there listening to this cry of help. So I, I grabbed my bat that I had in hand and I went into the, the darkness of the wood line, following the, the cry for help. When I walked through the path that was there, and I went around the bend, I could hear the voice getting closer and closer. So I kept on. Being cautious with my bat in my hand, ready to swing to see if I've seen somebody doing something to this woman. Uh, but when I got to a certain location in that wood line, the cry for help stopped. When the cry for help stopped, it felt weird to me because it was around 2.30 or 3 in the morning. And, and I'm thinking at that point in time, what am I doing out here if there's no woman to help? When I turned around, that's when I seen them. I've seen six of them, three oh. on one side of the path and three on the other. They were pretty tall. I would say between eight to nine foot tall. I could see their eyes glowing, looking at Shit. me. Uh, at that point in time, 
the only thing I could do is not be afraid because I don't know what kind of animal or creature I was dealing with. So I started praying within myself and try to stay as calm as possible. As I started walking forward and praying within myself, I could see these creatures looking at me and they were following me with their, with their heads. I was short compared to them. I'm five foot 11. I kept on walking and I kept on praying and I came around the bend and as soon as I came out of the wood line, I started walking a little bit faster. When I got halfway through the park, I took up running back home. I was in, in shock when I got back home that I had to take a shower just to realize what just happened in the wood line. Holy shit. Okay, I'm all in on this now, dude. Fort Hood's got fucking like interdimensional gates to the dog man land. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah, I the mean baseball, the baseball thing makes me think is like, you remember angels in the outfield? <laughs> it's like yeah. demons in the outfield, dude. Well, you know, I mean, there's tunnels down there. There's uh, all kinds of secret shit that's going on there. It's maybe it's not impossible that there's some fucking shape shifting army general brass that are fucking torturing. Dude, this is why I don't fuck sexually. around with Oak Ridge Labs, dude. I stay away from there. Yeah. It's it's pretty weird. So I didn't mean, you know, I've been looking on these two different completely unrelated subjects of Fort Hood and some of this dogman stuff. And there's been a couple of stories that took place of people having these encounters in and around Colleen, Texas. And these are the only two that came to mind um, that I was able to remember. But there's a couple more that are just interesting. You know, I mean, I don't think that they're related. Honestly, I don't. I just think it's interesting that uh, that these things are happening Maybe they are related. I don't fucking know, honestly. I mean, I work 50 hours a week and counting. I don't really have enough time to really put it together. Right. But, uh, I mean, but it's as just... believable as an explanation for it as anything else I've heard about this weird shit of Fort Hood. Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, this, the, the pimp rings and the sex trafficking is probably the deal. But when you couple that in with uh, – secret underground tunnels, experimentation, enhanced interrogation techniques, um, massive cover-ups. Give a dog a boner, dude. Yeah. <laughs> massive cover-ups from the top down and, a, and, a, and an exodus, you know, a fucking expulsion of brass from, from high-level brass down to squad level of people that are involved and a history of sex trafficking. I think that's kind of the explanation. But I wanted to throw these weird clips in there at the end because I want to round it out. And I also wanted to have this kind of as a teaser for our next get together. So um, we'll wrap it with the third and final weirdness clip three, the Scandinavian guy. So I want to set this up real quick. Oh, yeah. It says, ask me about this one in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, a fairly recent recording from uh, this podcast guy I've been listening to for a while. This is a, a young kid. He's probably about 25, probably about your age, honestly. Young. I mean, I'm, I say young because I'm fucking 42, but I, I feel like I'm 17, but I'm, I'm, I live like I'm 42. But he's a young guy, and you can just kind of tell in his voice. He's a bear hunter. He's kind of a rural guy. He, he has a, a, his family has like a, a history of kind of, you know, outliving, hunting, trapping. They live in a fairly rural part of northern Ontario, and he goes out bear hunting with his buddy and they go to this place that they've been going to for a long time. They set up this blind years ago and they have like, they're kind of go down range. They have this little area that they call, um, 
I forget what they call it, like a track or a hall where their blind is set up, where they have a really good scope of the land and, uh, and they're specifically targeting a specific kind of kill. It's a bear. They want to get a bear, but not any bear. Cause there's all kinds of ethics to hunting that I don't know about. Cause I've never been hunting, but you know, you don't want to go shoot a mama bear or a young cub and you don't want to go shoot like a female deer. You know, you want to get that buck, that male specifically that male that is, uh, uh, viral as far as it has like it's got, it's has lots of offspring. It's kind of a nuisance, you know, especially when it comes to bear, you want to get that nuisance bear that's going to fuck up other families. And you just want to take out those dominant alpha males because you want to get that chain of life going, that whole uh, Lion King thing. So anyway, this guy goes out hunt, hunting with his buddy. His buddy gets a call that he's got to go back to town. So his, his pal, he leaves, goes back to town and leaves this guy out there on and the blind all by himself. He's been there dozens of times. He's right at home. He's got a high-powered rifle, and he's just checking out the spot, looking down lane with his rifle, and then he sees something very, very weird that fucks him up. So uh, go ahead and play clip three, weirdness, Scandinavian. That's the setup. Hey, buddy, things are getting weird in Canada, guy. I'm just freaking out. Maybe I had, like, bumped into some kind of fungus or something and like i'm just like hallucinating or like something like this is this is giving us weird feeling like this is just weird like this tree's not moving and um i looked back up and that's when i started just just slowly my brain started to, to just put it together and then what gave it away was the right at the top of her like the jagged triangle i guess shape it would have been you can see the tufts of hair like for sure like there's no doubt about it it's just like a lynx just like the exact same almost and um from there it got really really freaky because i'm like what it, like that's clearly an ear like so i started, started making my way down like a lynx and i remember mm -hmm. It was never looking at me. Like this whole encounter didn't even look at me. Like it didn't stare at me. It didn't catch my eyes. I could see its eyes. I could see its face, but it didn't look at me. The way it was standing, it was pretend someone's standing right beside you, exactly beside you, side to side, facing forward. And then imagine that person walked and they were on your right side and they had walked kind of like in front of you off towards your left, like a cross. I got like a cross shot of his body and face on his left side. And you could see his eye, but his eyes seemed, at first I'm like, yo, this guy, this thing looks weird. His eyes are way too big for his head. And then I kept looking down and then sure enough, no, I was wrong. His head was massive. It was, it, it almost looked fake. Like it looked like, um, it just didn't look real. Like it just—it was way too big. Like this. Like I thought the eye scared me, but the eye—it was nothing. It was the when I seen the size of this thing's head, it, I instantly got like the chills, got hot, started getting a little bit dizzy. Um, I closed my eyes a few more times. So I'm like, this—this this can't be happening. Like, the fear was so real. 
it, it hadn't quite moved, but it's here at that point. And um, I kept looking down, kept looking down. You can see the teas come out, no problem. To see that they were big, like, uh, like the head was massive. So you can just imagine these teeth. I didn't see a tongue, nothing like that. And then for a split second, I remember to tell myself, like, Norm, <laughs> Norm, like, you got me good. Like, you you, you got me good. Norm's that split buddy. second. Okay, awesome. I was about to call out and start losing it because I, I would have actually been very upset because this really messed with me. As um, right as I was thinking this, this thing takes about two steps out into that shooting lane that we had cut, I guess you call it, gallery, whatever. He had just crossed over into that, and as he's stepping across that, the first thing I actually caught was just his tail, two, three feet maybe uh, long. It wasn't very long, like for its body and its size. I thought it would be much more proportionate like looking back at it but it's not it's like two three feet max it looked it looked really weird like it had a big 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 head big eyes big teeth but then its body was really really thin its chest was pretty big but it just tapered right down um shoulders were massive it's but then its forearms again were actually not that big like they're big but they're not at all proportionate Still for a second, I thought maybe this could be some kind of trick. And then what gave it all away was the legs or the hawks or whatever you want to call them. When I seen that, something inside me just shut down. I couldn't scream. Like this thing didn't even look at me. And I was so scared. So, this scared's not even the word. It's like, Oh, like I, I just, I shut down. I shut down. Like my, I just took my head, I put it down onto my knees, I put my freaking hands or my arms, sorry, over my head, and I just blocked everything out. I covered my ears, covered my eyes, like an ostrich in a hole. And then I, that was it. That's all I really remember for. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how long when I woke up. I was like, whoa. And then when I woke up, I remember telling myself, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, that was a dream. I'm good. That was just a bad dream. Wait, it was a dream? No. No, because uh, I didn't. I mean, it's long. Not a long, long story, but it would have been heavy. Okay, that freaked out. I got the chills listening to that. That guy sounded like yeah. he was not bullshit. Okay. No, he's not bullshitting. Well, he didn't describe the legs, though. He said that's when he, he saw the legs and he knew, but he didn't say what the legs were like. Like, That's when he shut down. Uh, I'm glad that that got your attention because that's something I found in looking at these stories of these dogman creatures. Um, <clears throat> there's hundreds and hundreds of these stories I've found. And a lot of them are like okay you know i could see that because a lot of times you hear i mean first of all there's a lot of reoccurring guests return guests that have like their whole life is full of these encounters with these creatures and they recount them like like they're talking about how they spent last saturday like nothing no emotion <laughs> but then you get these stories of this guy 
and like uh, the woman that was in the very beginning of our show tonight, who was talking about mm-hmm. how she didn't have enough shells. And the I guy was that's, wondering what that was. Yeah. And the guy that said, you're goddamn right. It grinned at me. Like these yeah. people, the way that they're speaking about it, completely unmitigated fear. And you could tell that they're re they're reliving some sort of trauma in the story mm-hmm. that they're telling this guy, this bear hunter kid, this is the first time he's told anyone besides his girlfriend in like eight years about this story. And he had a hard time talking about it. He wasn't dreaming because when he woke up from his blackout, he woke up because he heard his pal returning on the four wheeler to their hunting spot. And he was climbing down the ladder of the blind and he saw that the ladder was all fucking scratched up and the tree that the blind was sitting in was just destroyed. Like all the bark was ripped off of it and there's all these scratches all over it. And it wasn't like that when he climbed up in it because he would have noticed it. He said he lived, he didn't say shit about it. Um, he went back home with his pal, his pal, he told his, his buddy and his buddy was like, dude, you're fucking tripping, man. You were dreaming. It was a dream. And he's like, he knew it wasn't a dream. He never went back to get his blind. He's never been back in the woods since. A lot of these people that are recounting these stories have like their whole life was spent, not their whole life in the woods, but like they're, they're, you know, they're rural people. They're farmers. The people that live on acreage, they spend their whole lives camping and hiking. And then they have these encounters and uh, the majority of them are so fucking ruined afterwards that they can never, ever go camping again. They can never, ever go in the woods again. And so a lot of me thinks that maybe these dogmen are just like projections of Ted Kaczynski getting people out of the forest for good. <laughs> you know, maybe. Well, they, and they, I, the and people I thought in those for, clips, like the dogman clips so far tonight, sound way more convincing to me. And believable than that fucking military guy acting sad about finding that girl's body. <laughs> good point. Like, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a really good point to make. I'm glad that that got your attention because there's something to this dog man thing. And so I just want to leave it at that. Um, I think those clips are pretty, I think they're fucking, they're wrenching, dude. When I listened to that guy, bear, that bear hunter guy's story, I was like, holy fuck. That, was spook- like, that one spooked me. I'm not going to lie. That one, I was listening to that and I was just like, oh God. Dude, I got about 20 of those that would Give just me the giblies. fucking make your hair rise, man. They're yeah. really, really convincing. These people are like, this is one woman I heard, man, were like, she started fucking freaking out in the middle of her retelling it. And then the guy had to like stop the recording and then go back to it later when she got her bearings. And then she had to, she just baby stepped through the, through the encounter uh, because it fucking ruins people's lives. And it's all over the place really, except for the Pacific Northwest There's one area in the United States. There's like three States that have never had a reporting of an encounter with these things. And the Pacific Northwest has only had a few, but man, like Tennessee, Chris, sorry, uh, Virginia, Kentucky, the whole eastern seaboard and southeast area littered with these things. Michigan is a high, high, high place. I wonder if there's a correlation to being by like bases. Like I wonder if I looked into where the, the map of the sightings in Tennessee, if it'd be near Oak Ridge, where they even NBC News says Oak Ridge scientists say they've claimed they've opened a 
dimension to another universe or <clears throat> an alternate dimension or whatever they said. Is goggles, like, Chris. Goggles. We're gonna save this for our next <laughs> get together because we, we, we <laughs> got right. a lot. We got a lot to unpack because there is some correlation there. There's a lot of people with testimony that there's. Yeah, a, it's really interesting, man. I, a lot yeah, of I'm black hawks flying over and a lot of strange aircraft flying over and that like some of these aircraft are possibly creating storms that drive these creatures out of the woods into the into the towns um there's a lot of things like that so yeah i just wanted to tease that and get your guys attention that was dude okay i'm not gonna be able to top that and it's we're already running way late but i will power through this uh mini presentation i got there's no way i'm gonna make there's no way it's gonna be as cool as what you just did because that was that was too good we're number one Dog, dude, Number dog. One. I'm gonna, you got me. I was already kind of in a dog man rabbit hole, but nothing like nothing real big. But now I'm I just really... want to get you, I just want to get your panties all wet, man, because there's yeah. so much good stuff. I can't stop thinking about it. Dog man sounds great. And dude. I'm moving out to the country where I just I'm I'm kind of I feel like I'm bringing it, you know, <laughs> and my, my girlfriend's like, don't invite that shit. Stop. Oh, yeah. But Noah and anyone listening, go back and. I'm not. I I can't remember what episode, but you told the story about your uh, your. Uh, oh yeah, I was talking with kind Grimerica. of encounter in the woods, and you told it a little bit on Grimerica too. So I would yeah, yeah. no one anybody else listening go back and listen to that because that was that was a good. Uh, I'll definitely check that out. What episode? Fuck, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's somewhere in my archive. It's definitely sure it lobby. was it, it was brought up on the Grimerica. You told it, but I think you did a better okay job telling it on yours podcast when it was still like fresh and it just happened. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was, I don't know what the episode number is, but it was Red Truck Black Pill because, uh, yeah, I'd gotten okay. lost and I had this weird sequence of events that happened being camping and I got lost in the woods and then um, and I got out of the woods and then I lost my truck right after I got home and it just fucked up my life. And then in the back of my mind, there was just this whole possible dog man interaction that it was intangible because I didn't actually see anything with my eyes but it was more of a psychic kind of connection. Plus, there was a, there was a lot of physical dots to be connected in retrospect mm -hmm. that I didn't know. I didn't know about any of this stuff when I was going through this when I was camping when these things happened. And then it was when I got back, I started thinking about it and researching a few different things about the area. And then all these dots kind of lined up, and I was like, "Oh my god! I don't did that just fucking happen? What the fuck happened?" And then my truck got stolen, and that fucked everything up because I was brought out of the esoteric into the terrestrial, where I was concerned about material. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just I'll, uh, you know what I'll do is I'll I'll find that red truck black pill episode, and I'll find your Grimerica episode, and I'll put both those in the show notes so people can check that out. Dope. That'd well, be right. I mean, I, I'm buying that uh, that uh, spiritual or whatever word you used uh like kind of like a psychic um sense of of a uh, meeting with that thing because it kind of sounded like that uh Scandinavian guy the bear hunter dude like mm -hmm. when he was describing that sheer terror that petrification is sounds almost like a psychic type thing going on i mean yeah, it was... or or fear of a predator you know kind of thing that's how I, I would imagine an animal feels when a when a predator is you know creeping up on it it was a weird thing, man. Honestly, I mean, without getting into it, I'll just, just say real quick that when, you know, you have to listen to the episode I did about it. There was For half sure, about I'm going to check it out. But, um, but really, it wasn't like I was 
like I had no, I had never thought about a dog man ever in my life. The idea, the concept had never entered my brain, but there was a moment when we touched down at this campsite and then I had this flash and these weird events that happened, not anything significant, just minor things. But my mind was open enough. And this is before I ate mushrooms. <laughs> so I was pretty, pretty sober. Uh, the image that came into my mind was a bipedal, upright, massively built humanoid with a humongous dog's head just stalking around our campsite. Not uh -huh. like, but like looming, but not like threatening and bloodthirsty and it wasn't like it was a, a threat that was going to come and raid us and kill us it was just for some reason beyond the sasquatch because like you know we're northwestern people up here and like it's hard to get away from the idea of a sasquatch we heard all these weird sounds and the fact that there was nothing going on in the forest at all no life no sound no wind no animals mm -hmm. no bugs no nothing and then uh as the evening progressed and the night fell in and there was just more eerie sensations that were around i had this flash in my mind of a just looming massive tall huge headed bipedal dog creature and that just stuck with me but not like in the front of my brain it was just there in the back of my mind and then a few mm -hmm. days we were camping for like three days and then we went and found these tunnels and then i got lost and i realized that i was probably on top of similar tunnels and i found this stinky place and all this weird shit that happened, but it was, it was a, it's a good episode. And it was just kind of a That's psychic cool connection. Fun, yeah. And then when I got back home, I started researching stuff and I wasn't researching dog, man. I was researching missing people and getting lost in the Gifford Pinchot forest and blah, 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 blah. And then, and dog man never showed up on any of those searches. It just kind of led that way. And it was really only because of one guy that had gone missing and it was, <laughs> It was through the Ouija board connection with his spirit after he had died that I had heard of this person saying after he was dead through the Ouija board that when he was getting sick and he had accidentally poisoned himself and he was running this crazy fever that he felt like he was transforming into a dog. And I was just mm. like, whoa, what the fuck? And, and then he went missing? And then, well, he, yeah, he went, he got, he went missing. He went camping by himself, got himself lost, poisoned himself on accident because he was eating berries and herbs oh, wow. and shrubbery. And he ran this crazy fever. This is what, this is all what he communicated through a Ouija board. I don't, you know, whatever you make of that is, huh. I, I tend to help, you know, I don't take it as the God's word, but I'm open to these things, you know? Yeah, right, right. I right. think Ouija boards might work, but I'll tell you what, I ain't fucking with that shit. I fucked with them. And it, you, this, <laughs> the whole thing about the whole thing about I'm way a Ouija too board, superstitious for that. It's like a telephone, man. I mean, you're just picking up an open line. You never know who's on the other end, you know? Yeah, I guess you, you could know? argue the same thing about uh, psychedelics. Yeah, it's true. But I think with a Ouija board, it's a little bit different, though, because. Um, with psychedelics, I'm just too you know, superstitious. <laughs> psychedelics affect your 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 physiology in such a way that you know you do have agency and you don't have agency and things like that. But when you're using your Ouija board, preferably you're not under the influence of anything that's going to alter your chemistry, your chemical balance, and mm -hmm. so you're putting fully your intent. It's all based on your intent, 
and uh, and the different dimensional creatures that are out there, the different dimensions that are all around us are just as wise to intent as we are on this plane. And when you call up that other level, that next dimension, you never know who you're going to get on the phone. And you have to trust that they're going to obey your rules. You know, I have some friends that interesting that did acid drew blood and fucked around with a Ouija board and are convinced to this day that something came into their attic when they were up there and has not left since then. I have no doubt that's true. So I don't fuck with that. Anyways, especially when you're drawing blood and tripping and doing a Ouija board, that's just too, oh, yeah. that's like a triple threat. That's a whole uh, ritual sacrifice. Say, this, this, this dog man shit sounds like it might be uh, some of the origins of, you know, uh, legends of werewolves and things like that. I mean, if oh, if that real. leads perfectly into this. <laughs> yes. Okay. Dr. Hutan Ashrafian is a leading surgeon. He specializes in cold cases from the ancient past. By carefully studying the family, Dr. Ashrafian's noticed distinct medical patterns that together could explain what killed King Tut. So this, uh, this is the Smithsonian Channel. I should have let that in better. About King Tut. Awesome. The family are very interesting in that they all died relatively young. We know that Akhenaten died early. We know that Tutankhamun, his son, died early. We know that the great-grandfather died relatively early. They died at a sequentially younger age. There's another familial pattern hidden here in plain sight. So this is Tut's dad, we think. So this is the, the statue of Akhenaten. Let's have a look at him. And, you know, clearly this is not, not a male form. I mean, it does look very feminine. <laughs> the, uh, the statues of some of the pharaohs have, like, fucking fat asses and big old milkers. And it's like men. By yeah. <laughs> their hips. This is meant to be a pharaoh, but he doesn't look like a normal man. Several generations show the same body shape. And a recent analysis of Tut's loincloths found in his tomb reveal that his hips were also abnormally wide. Dr. Ashrafian believes some of King Tut's family suffered from gynecomastia, causing men to develop feminine features such as breasts and rounded hips. <laughs> Our search for a genetic culprit is narrowing. Tut's mother, the younger lady, she's been laid to rest here back in Cairo in the treasure trove that is the Egyptian Museum. Here, just a few feet away, are the remains of Akhenaten, Tut's father. When Albert compared his genetic profile with that of the younger ladies, he discovered something shocking. It's not only that this is the father and this is the mother of King Tut. They turned out that they're brother and sister, which was a big surprise for us. So, so Tut's mother and father, so their mother and father, they were also brother and sister. So Tut was a product of incest. A lot of incest happened. What? They didn't like to get royal and non-royal blood mixed, so they tried to keep it within the royal family. So it's official. Comprehensive genetic profiling has proved that Tut's parents were brother and sister. Tutankhamun was born out of incest. Just to throw it back wow. to the dog man, I mean, wow. not just the obvious comparison with the Sphinx, but like all the hieroglyphs in Egyptian culture were like 
dog people Anubis. and snake people and all kinds of cross right. Anubis cross exactly species. Right. And then yeah, and there's there's other um God, I don't know what the gods' names are, but there's some Greek legends where there was a one particular god uh, was just super rebellious and just a kind of a real some bitch and he was <laughs> banished and forced to remain in eternity as a beast that walks the land and he took the form of a dog he was the, took the form of a wolf and so that's sort of like the greek root of where all the uh, werewolf stories of the middle mm -hmm. ages come from was biblically speaking i think you might know more about this than i do know of the uh was it nebuchadnezzar or what was the what was the got the dude the the king that got cursed and had to crawl around on all fours like a beast for the rest of his life or whatever? I think that's I the that guy. Was, yeah, I believe that was okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's all. It's kind of like the flood story. It's like every religion has a version of that and shit. Um, right. I know, dude. My daughter I, and I were driving around talking about that today. She's talking about Jesus, and then she starts talking about the pyramids, and she's seven. And talking about like, and it's just only like six people that still are related to King Tut. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's the bloodlines, honey. And I'm just like, wait, no shit. You were talking about that today? Yeah, just a little bit. The yeah, just... bloodlines, dude. That's yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, yeah, synchronicity, man. Yeah. Just driving um, around in the truck, driving <laughs> truck with the kid. Talking so, about uh, King yeah, Tut. I was looking <laughs> to it. Just always makes me think of that Steve Martin song that ruined King Tut. King Tut. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember how it goes. Uh, it's just uh, the worst. So, uh, I, anyways, yeah, I was looking. I was, I was researching, like trying to find Illuminati bloodline shit. Um, that was one of the earliest examples of like royalty inbreeding um, mm. that I could find. But just to do a quick detour here, he has walked through centuries, untouched by time. He has seen empires rise and fall. He possesses the wisdom of the ages. Throughout eternity, no man has ever provoked such terrible fear and such haunting desire. <laughs> Dracula. This is done. <laughs> Leading into this next clip, this is a retarded report from National Geographic, which just makes it kind of more funny. They interview this dude who you can tell he's a vampire because his skin is like paper white and he, he never goes outside. But it's about like a modern day vampire. And he's like, yeah, I drink blood and I'm cool. He looks like a, he looks like if David Bowie had never been laid in his life, basically. <laughs> this is Don Henry. I am a vampire. <laughs> I do consume human blood. There is a real live community that exists not only within the states, but also throughout the world. According to Henry, he and his kind do not prey on the innocent. Well, these days we don't go ripping people's throats out or anything like that. Um, we're quite mature with what we do. We keep things within doors we don't go out define human for victims or anything like that <laughs> henry claims he will only drink from consenting donors <laughs> i like that dvorak's just so much in my brain now i've got the no agenda brain thanks to 
Curry and Dvorak, but when, as soon as they're like, Henry claims he only does, he drinks consenting blood, it's like, ah, is that Dvorak? It's like, Dvorak always points out when news reports go, oh, they, he, Trump claimed that. For victims and yeah. like that. Henry claims Dissenting. he will only drink from consenting donors. <laughs> but clearly, there are others who aren't so considerate. In 1985, a motorist traveling down a back road in Florida came across a young woman handcuffed and partially clothed, barely able to walk. The victim was rushed to the local hospital, where Lieutenant Bob Lethero of the Brevard County Sheriff's Department was brought in on the case. The doctors and the paramedics realized that she had lost a significant amount of blood and uh, possibly could have passed away from exposure. Just 19 years old, the girl had a terrifying story to tell. She informed me that she was out on the roadway hitchhiking and uh, this gentleman picked her up he looked uh, very well dressed he offered well dressed ride. but once in the car the driver overpowered her and choked her unconscious it was then that the nightmare really began she woke up later on unknown amount of time and she was on a countertop in the kitchen she was tied down and uh, the suspect was putting a needle a syringe into her arm and draining her blood out uh, into a beaker. But why? He said that he was a vampire and that he drank of the blood. The nightmare continued for hours. In between feedings, the kidnapper kept her handcuffed in the bathtub. It was through the bathroom window, still handcuffed, that she managed to escape onto the nearby road. The victim in this case got away, but others have not. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, it was kind of, this is just like one of those dumb, like, I'm surprised it was National Geographic and not History Channel <laughs> doing that shit. But, uh, but yeah, um, do you guys know the origins? You probably do. The origin story of like where Dracula comes from, the real man behind it? No. Uh, I know a little bit about the whole Elizabeth Bathory thing, uh, you know. Right, yeah. Well, this is, uh, I can't. Blood and, I th yeah, this it. is before that. Um you, uh, you, as soon as you, you, as soon as you hear it, you'll probably know this is History Channel. In a country torn by bloody civil war, a young man seizes power. In his native tongue, he is called Dracula. This is not the vampire Count Dracula, oh, but a real Vlad, historical yeah. figure. Yeah, Vladimir Vlad Prince. He was celebrated badass. throughout Christendom for his achievements against the Turks. He started the whole Dracula scorched earth was thing. a warlord who became Fuck known yeah. all across Europe for both his breathtaking courage and his terrifying cruelty. What drove him again and again was a need for survival, a need for affirmation, and a driving need to torture. Known as the Impaler after his favorite means of execution, Dracula is said to have burned, boiled, disemboweled, and tortured his way into the history books. So I'm gonna I'm gonna end that clip because I don't know why I cut it so long. But yeah, Dracula, Vlad Dracula. He actually wanted himself. He he like he called himself Dracula, which just means. Mm. Son yeah. of Dracul, which like his Son dad Dracul. was Dracul. Yeah, yeah, which is like super stupid. <laughs> but that's where Dude, Dracula came a, from. There's a really, really 
the great podcast I heard years ago from these dudes down in Bakersfield, California. Their podcast is called Sofa King. Shout out Sofa King. Sofa, Sofa King. King right. Sofa King Brent. Sofa King uh, uh, whatever. It's, it's, it's called Sofa King. There's three guys. They do a really like good- like Reality Kings? No, man. They just called Sofa <laughs> King. I mean, they're, they have a they have a pretty cool show. They're they're pretty well researched. It's a really it's 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 a lot of fart humor and a lot of jokes. But when they finally get into it, they do <laughs> We're a way really above cool, that. Here. They do a really cool. They have a good product, <laughs> man. Because each each of them, the three hosts, all research the same subject and take their own notes, and then they don't communicate until they present it at the show, which is really cool. I like and that. They, yeah. they bounce off each quite a bit so sofa king they do a great deconstruction of vlad the impaler it's probably like three or four years old episode but it's really good it's like an hour and a half maybe two hours long it's fucking badass though i might have to check that out because yeah. i just i kind of just went down the vlad the impaler rabbit hole recently um continuing on this little detour about vlad uh seth rogan played him on drunk history which was pretty good hello i'm greg zicolescu and today, <laughs> today we're going to talk about Vlad the Impaler, the rail man behind Dracula. So it's 1447 and Vlad III from Wallachia is a political prisoner in the Ottoman Empire. Vlad is like, I want to go back to my dad. I'm a prince. I'm an heir to the throne. And Radu, Vlad's brother, is like, I kind of like it here. I really like the Sultan's son, Mehmed II. Mehmed's like, I like you too. And then out of nowhere, this boyer shows up, this nobleman, and he's breathless. And he's like, Vlad, I have bad news. Your father is dead. His daddy was killed by rival boyers. And Vlad is like, I'd like to avenge my father's death, please. Can you please release me? And they're like, okay. But Radu's gonna stay here if that's cool. And Radu's like, yeah, I love it here. So um, he rides to Wallachia, kicks down the door, and he's like, you ain't gonna take away our freedoms. <laughs> oh, watch that head. Oh yeah, the guy telling the story hit his head. Anyway, he's like, sweet. I'm pretty much Prince of Wallachia. Let's have a party. And he invites all of these boyers. He's like, guys, let's bury the hatchet. I know you killed my father. That's fine. You don't worry, but don't worry about it. You killed my dad, that's okay. So the boyers are like, we'll do whatever you feel like is good. And they like drink and have a great time. Uh, <laughs> and then they're gonna leave and they're like, great, thank you so much, Vlad. We had such a great time, we're gonna head out. And Vlad's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Shut the doors. All the boyers are like, wait, what? So Vlad's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take a steak that's like sharpened almost to a point, kind of not to a point, a little rounded. And I'm gonna shove it up your butthole. <laughs> and then I'm gonna like go into your esophagus and I'm gonna stick it out your mouth. I'm going to impale you. And he does that to 200 boyers. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> sadistic that he impaled 200 boyers in his court in Targoviste. <laughs> Vlad is like, call me Dracula. So he's like going around doing this to everybody. He's like, you, you look like you're an adulterer. You, you look like you're lazy. You, you look like you're a thief. 
I'm gonna impale all of you. And he impales. And he burns the whole town to the ground. And there's a German monk there, and he's like, Mein God, he's dipping his bread in the blood of his victims, and he's eating it. That's a vampire. He instorters, he instorters, he inst he instills order in Wallachia. So Vlad's running around doing all this crazy shit. It ties in loosely to Transylvania. Um, there's a lot of intermarrying going on, and it's not quite on the Genghis Khan level, but Vlad is getting down like he's fucking. And he, because I mean, why wouldn't you when you're in that kind of a power position? So he's spreading his seed right. across across the place. Fast forwarding a little bit to Spain, um, a couple hundred years later, the Habsburgs. Unknown to anyone, a genetic time bomb was already planted in the Habsburg dynasty. The Spanish Joanna, whose six children started the marriage frenzy, eventually went insane, and her madness was hereditary. The seeds of mental illness had been transmitted to all six of her children, the inheritors of the Habsburg dynasty. At the same time, a physical genetic defect was emerging in the ever-expanding family, the Habsburg chin. Maximilian and many of his relatives had very pronounced lower jaws and lips. Charles I, his all-powerful grandson, had a chin which protruded so far, his lower teeth could not meet his uppers. Madness and the Habsburg chin were now carried by marriage to every branch of the Habsburg dynasty and into the royal families of Europe. The genetic nightmare had begun. As Habsburg married Habsburg, inbreeding produced generation after generation of freakish mutants, many suffering from insanity. Spanish King Philip II, a depressive suffering from gout, asthma and epilepsy, decorated his bedroom with Hieronymus Bosch's nightmare paintings of hellfire and damnation. What creepy-ass paintings, if you see them. Yeah. Austrian Rudolf II went insane and was forced from the crown by his brother, Matthias. In Spain, the family line degenerated into the freak King Carlos. Seven of his eight great-grandparents were Habsburgs, and his mother was also his first cousin. <laughs> As a child, Carlos couldn't even stand unaided, and his jaw was so deformed he couldn't chew his food. Plagued by fainting spells and constant fevers, he was also impotent. Priests were called to exorcise this curse on the Spanish throne. But Carlos died in 1700 at the age of 39. His autopsy revealed internal organs so deformed and degenerated, witchcraft was suspected. He is remembered as Carlos the Bewitched. On his death, the crown of Spain was snatched by the old Habsburg rival, France. The genetic curse of the Habsburgs ruined Maximilian's plans and brought the Spanish line to a crashing end. But the remaining Habsburgs continued to intermarry, unaware it was the root of all their troubles. Though the Habsburg dynasty stayed in power in Austria for another 200 years, 
The happy Habsburgs, who had spread their dynasty all across Europe without firing a single shot, were felled by their own genes. So if you get into like some of the historical accounts at the time, a lot of these princes, like even Prince Charles, I'm not sure which Prince Charles, I'd have to look at it more closely, but a lot, it was not just him, a lot of them, like these guys were so inbred, a lot of them didn't learn to walk until they were eight or 10 years old. They were fucking fucked up, dude. It was, it's like nasty. Like even the paintings of them make them look disgusting. And, uh, but it's, they, the history, unless you get into the deep esoteric stuff and like what Galton and Crowley and even Darwin were into and all these like British royals and apparently what the Egyptians were in and all these powerful societies, they, it was not just about keeping the bloodline pure. It was about that, but it was also, somehow a uh, occultic thing to where you like inbreeding and keeping the bloodline there with like the, in that clip they're talking about madness and apparently you can interact with these whatever they they thought they were spirits at the time more easily by having that pure bloodline or go or um you it's i mean it's like obviously you're going to be more prone to schizophrenia or something so it tears tears that veil down but then you get into what hitler and all these german eugenicists believed in too it's kind of a similar thing where like the like you know how they hitler was all into the occult and they had they were building ufo prototypes in the 19 late 30s and they were doing all this crazy occult shit the german race itself was somehow uh according to certain thinkers the german race itself was picked by this entity system interdimensional entity system um uh, and that's where the, about the krill the krill yeah so for real man shit for, 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 <laughs> hey yo for real um, we're talking about them the aryans the real society was like this a bunch of witches that hitler would travel around with and they would sacrifice kids and do all this they occultic were, shit, yeah, and they were that's how they would downloads. bring in they the. Were, they were receiving yeah. downloads from extraterrestrials that were basically um, canonizing that the, the yeah. Celtic race as the dominance, and that they had to, that they were always going to be the choice bloodline that they've always been, that they've been immortal, mm -hmm. and uh, and. So I mean, if you think to, about it, the Jew, the uh, Judeo-Christian, like the Jews, were kind of in doing similar shit, sacrificing animals, and then you know God of the Bible was saying they're the chosen race and China's into similar shit. Um, it's yeah, it's there, there's, there's different entity systems, uh, extra dimensional entity systems that latch onto certain races. And when you get really specific into it, like start reading Aleister Crowley and some of Darwin and Francis Galton, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but their books, they were right. That's why the eugenics, if you get really deep into what these guys that started eugenics were thinking, they were doing the exact same shit that King Tut and his family were doing back in fucking Egypt and what the Absolutely. Habsburgs were doing. And if you keep and that if, bloodline yeah, pure, it'll let you keep in contact with this entity system and you'll get power from it, theoretically. Right. And, so, and think about the molecular structure of what blood is. And so the blood is necessary. The blood is the life and the bloodline. The blood is life, but what is, what is in blood that is uh, the most the most characteristic element is iron, which mm -hmm. is a metal, mm -hmm. 
which has yeah. a magnetism, which then has a correlating frequency to it. You're right on target. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that's why vampires like uh, vampires like blood. And then even now, like, you know, young children, especially teenagers, are getting paid by millionaires to have their blood drawn and you get injected with younger people's blood. It makes you live longer. Vampires right. are fucking real, dude. And there's there's something about like the whole um there's the the Iron Age, the Bronze Age. Now we've been living through a particular Golden Age. There was a previous Golden Age, and I believe it was Daniel that wrote that whole prophecy of the statue with the representing the empires, bronze, gold, silver. All of those right. things are all of those things are metals. All of those things are metallic compounds that have a correlating mm -hmm. frequency specific frequencies that can be tapped into and i believe honestly can be replicated and hijacked i think that yeah. is the real explanation behind a lot of the crazy psychosis that we're experiencing and that we're witnessing and and i don't know why some of us are not affected by it maybe we are but we're like it's it's a subdermal it's it's something beneath that we it's not it's not like the three of us are not walking around wearing masks, <laughs> you know, like we're not, we're not like out there uh, trying to burn down buildings and screaming our, our lungs out. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. What is it about our, I mean, I don't know. I could be talking myself into a huge corner, but I think that there's something <laughs> about the blood, something about the iron that is in our blood and that there could be something about gold in our blood as well and i think that could be what the vril we're we're trying to do and what the what the the reich and the crazy the anunnaki or like using us you know according to that lore sure. the, the anunnaki are using us sure. to mine gold as their because it's their power source take it into a more even more um very high level thinking very um you know upscale your smartness the, the best example of this uh, i know this is really going pretty top-notch quality thinking here but minecraft the mine cards don't move automatically with just your regular iron tr mine cart tracks you got to get the gold on there and then it powers it and it, it's automatic um, oh yeah but no i Absolutely. i think well, that's I, the whole jump prison planet thing and they were here to you know harvest <laughs> prisonplanet.com um, <laughs> no but true. i think uh well, it's yeah, Gnosticism, you know, like a god. It's all, they all kind of, you get to a certain point in this kind of esoteric shit where it all basically is the same thing that every ancient culture talked about, just describing right. it different. But so what a, if, what, what, I, what if like the calling that we're experiencing now and that it's being facilitated by this mind control and that a virus that is real, but is also not real, uh, at least not in the way that we understand it, the way that we're being led to believe. What if the calling isn't to, um, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff in the way that seems so apparent, you know, as far as, oh, look at all those fucking slaves. Look at all those slaves that are wearing masks and all those slaves that are going to these rallies and all these slaves that are engaging in politics and getting so verklempt about the who and the what and the, and the how. What if the real calling is to isolate and identify those who are not you know yeah. what if that is the target oh yeah yeah just see who doesn't step in line and those are the people you're gonna <laughs> get rid of yeah i mean that's no i think no, even the Devorah people who aren't going to step in line or the people that you want in oh yeah no the people that you want to induct into your society yes 
Yeah. The people mm-hmm. that have the both, critical maybe. thinking, the people that have the critical thinking, the people that can discern uh, f- fantasy from reality, the people that aren't so easily swept up into hysteria, the people that have the ability to rationalize, think critically, have objective uh, capacity for reason. Perhaps the that meat is that the strong do eat. Yes. Yes. Or another way to and say that we're uh, not, everlasting. even though, that, you know, we're, we're not eating the weak, <laughs> but we're definitely, I we mean, kind I, of are, I, I mean, we use phones that are, you know, conflict minerals and. Oh, of course. Yeah. There's, I blood, mean, we're, we're indirectly, we're, we're paying yeah. taxes. We're not refusing to pay taxes that go to bombs that blow up brown people. So we, I mean, you know, we're benefiting from the system that fucks other people over. True. But, we're uh, doing that and we're doing it voluntarily, but. We are also doing it voluntary with the knowledge that it is a voluntary thing. And we're doing it with the knowledge of the consequences of engaging in these kind of technologies and living. We're already inducted into it. We're not just like swept up with the magic of how convenient everything is and goods and services and better deals and movie downloads at half the time. I mean, like we're not we're not lulled into sleep by these pitches. We're like, okay, I guess this is where we're at now. We're going to have to play along to get along to survive. Um, whereas the slaves that I recognize, and maybe you guys do too, it seems like they're really, really dazzled by the magic and they're dazzled by the technology and they get swept up in it. And that I think is the, that's the fucking, that's the chaff. You know, those are the people that are going to be lining up for the vaccines Those are the people that were first in line to put the masks on. Those are the people that are glaring at us when we're not wearing them. And I think that, you know, obviously those are the ones that are going to be cold. But I think that the real those are the people that if they heard most of this conversation tonight would probably call an institution or the police. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> They're simply um, in the way. And so obviously they want to be eradicated. I mean, they don't want to be, but obviously the ones that want to eradicate and to downsize this population on Earth, get rid of all those fucking stupid people. What if it really is a new rebirth of a real society? Well, yeah, look at it from the perspective of the so-called globalists. Like you want like the if you're dumb enough to like take these vaccines and and like go along with fluoride in your water and like poisoning your food and not complain about chemtrails or whatever else the fuck is or isn't going on like you kind of deserve it. So it's like in a sick way, like I think a lot of people have talked about this, like it might've been Adam Curry or who somebody like in a sick way, they're kind of like justified because it's like, look, if you're stupid enough to like let us kill you, then you deserve to get killed. And we're going to move the species forward with the smart Espec- people being yes. left alive. Yes. That way it, especially it's, it's, when the, we're... it's the solution to idiocracy, because if you especially... don't kill off the dumb people, then you're going to totally. have dumb people outbreed the smart people. You want to kill off the dumb people that are dumb enough to let you kill them. Especially when you tell them what they're going to do to them. Yep. You know, especially like when they're saying holding that the vaccines will back. lower the population. Yes. And people still choose, choose <laughs> to look past that. It's a choice kind of thing. And for, I think yep. for a lot of people, it isn't a choice. I think for a lot of people, it really is a, a intellectual capacity that they do not recognize that. They don't it, see it. May, it. It may and that I think, and that is like that's the gold. You know, we want to get the gold from the people. That's the real gold is the intellectual capacity to see that. Right. Well, it may not also. It may also not be like uh, a matter of intelligence. It might also be because the other common denominator with this is not just intelligence. Because I know of plenty of intelligent people who are in certain ways critical thinkers. 
um, who would buy into masks and things like that. But what they lack is critical thinking when it comes to authority. authority. Yep. It's, 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 it's people who will just worship authority and they also want to be an arm an enforcing arm of that authority. That's why they will, you know, uh, condemn you for not wearing a mask. It's the same reason why people who are obsessed with religion, no matter what it is, Christianity, you know, uh, Islam, whatever, they'll, they'll, you know, condemn other people for their actions, you know, just because they want to be wanna, inducted into be the society, a, a manifestation of that authority that they worship, you know, do you think they want to be well said. a part of it or do you think they want to be overlooked? They see by the power. It? They feel the power and, and, really? and they want, yeah. they want to obtain that power. I mean, even if they don't acknowledge it, you know, yeah, I think there, a lot of that is these there. decisions are made on a subconscious level where they like mm -hmm. their conscious part of their brain might not even realize that that's why they don't want to question authority. Right. Cause they mm -hmm. see safety in it. Yeah. You, right, you, it's right. like the people like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, I mean, shit, people that wouldn't even acknowledge that there's anything fishy about the Kennedy assassination because it upends so much of what they take for granted. Totally. Yeah. Granted. It upsets the whole worldview. And when you question that, some part of your brain, even if it's animalistic, has to at some point question other things. And if that starts piling up, then you have a whole big basket of questions that you cannot live your life comfortably whole ignoring right. there's a freedom in admitting you don't know part. things though yeah um, of course yeah but that's like, the ignorance there's a, the, thing. yeah but the the people that follow authority will be the first ones to tell you that they do know everything because the authority told them that's how it right. is because going experts, right back to the covid shit yeah i don't know as much as the all experts. the medical Are you a medical doctor <laughs> all the medical experts that didn't get banned from the internet told me this about covid <laughs> and why and would they bring be up banned? What about the medical experts that are banned they're like well they got banned because they're crackpots yeah that's right <laughs> that's um, right uh so uh back to the back to the bloodlines here's a little modern well, day actually Hey, I gotta, I gotta say, dude, I wanna, I wanna hear the rest of this, but my laptop is on one percent battery. It's gonna die, and also I gotta get up pretty early in the morning to be with my kids. Shit, man, where I'm at. Well, thanks for, thanks for hanging so long with us. Hey, I'll, I'll wrap this up. With I loved and this, and this I'm definitely fun. gonna, gonna check out whatever the, you know, the rest of this bloodline stuff whenever y'all finish up. So send me that link. Cool. I, I doubt I, I'd probably be. 10 minutes, 30 tops before I'm done with this. So, yeah, I will do. Well, Thanks good. again, Noah. And you have cool, a good man. old night, buddy. All right. Noah Go Beamer, dude, it was Love really cool. Really cool talking with you. Hey, uh, for what it's worth, man, that Vlad the Impaler episode from Sofa King, if you want to hear that, it's episode 132. Awesome. I might if put that in the show out, notes, dude. too, then. I'm definitely going to want to hear that. I'm, and yeah, I'm definitely going to check out that, what was that, black truck, a red, red truck, black pill? Yeah, red yeah, truck, yeah. black pill. That will I'll also be in the show notes for anybody listening. I didn't awesome, even man. bother looking at the episode number for my own show because I don't care. But, man, <laughs> dude, no, Beamer, man, you're fucking awesome. I really, really, I look forward to talking to you again, man. It was really cool. You're a badass. And it's good to know you're a dad out there doing the dad thing, wearing those dad pants. He already bounced, but he'll hear this later on. <laughs> All right. Vicariously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wrap this up, man, because I got to work fucking in the morning, too. And it's Me, too. But this is... This might have to be a two-part episode. I don't even know if Squarespace can handle a five-hour show or however long. They can't <laughs> handle the truth. <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> this yeah, is so, but, so cool, man. We could just go we, and go and go. We'll take we a little. We gotta do this more often. Snort a half a tab of Adderall and just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, out there listening. Pretty soon, I'm gonna. We're gonna have our own bloodline going if this episode doesn't. End. All right. Uh, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm fucking <laughs> delirious. All right. Uh, so current day bloodlines. Vice President Dick Cheney. There's a lot of bubble noises in this because it's showing like the family trees sprouting out like boop, 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 boop. Vice President those. Dick Cheney, the man who's only a heartbeat away from the presidency, is actually a blood relation. He's President Bush's ninth <laughs> cousin. <laughs> Sorry, by the way, that's actually kind of true again because isn't Cheney working closely with the Biden administration? Yeah, he's back in, man. <laughs> yeah. All those old Vice swamp <laughs> monsters are back in. <laughs> Fucking Cheney, dude. He lived two years without a heartbeat, without a heart. He just had like a metal thing in his chest that circulated his blood instead of like boom, 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 boom. It was just a constant flow. So Fucking if you felt unreal. him, he wouldn't have a pulse. Unreal, <laughs> Crazy. dude. Also, like, I'm not the first person to point this out, but like, who else shoots a guy in the face and then the guy you shot in the face goes on TV and apologizes to you? I know, man. Like, I'm sorry that Dick Cheney shot me in the face. Well, dude, there's some crazy shit. I mean, there there's some mind control shit that goes on there. I mean, I don't know if you know much about Kathy O'Brien, but Kathy O'Brien oh, swears yeah. to God that Dick Cheney had her in a fucking in a cabin and was putting her out there in the woods to be chased down by other fucking sick ass motherfuckers, like in a um, most dangerous game type of scenario. And it was Dick Cheney himself that was fucking doing it. I mean, take what you that, want. If there's Kathy anybody I can believe, dude, doing that shit, it's like. Bush Sr. and fucking Cheney. Those guys Hell are yeah. evil. Cold-blooded. He doesn't even have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does now. It's like he's got somebody else's heart. He's got someone else's heart. Dude, that, that, I don't want to derail this too much, but that movie Vice, you seen that? Where Christian Bale plays Cheney and like Sam Rockwell's Bush? No, I didn't see that, but I did watch W. It's really good. And that was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, W's Alverstone. Uh, uh, it's Vice. It's really good too, but yeah, it's like... Christian Bale is Cheney, Sam Rockwell's Bush, they're great, and then uh, Steve Carell plays Donald Rumsfeld, and fucking oh. Tyler Perry plays Colin Powell. It's a masterpiece oh. of a movie, but, well, shit, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but watch yeah, that no movie. I, I was going to have a good, uh, I was going to, never mind, if you haven't seen nope, it, I won't. shut the fuck up, shut the right. fuck up. <laughs> ah, okay, um. Yeah, so presidential bloodlines. Vice President Dick Cheney, the man who's only a heartbeat away from the presidency, is actually a blood relation. He's President Bush's ninth cousin once removed. Cheney's cousin Barack Obama is also Bush's 11th cousin and the ninth cousin of Brad Pitt. They're but we're only just bottles. getting started. <laughs> we're only just getting started. Those are all courts. But we're only just getting courts. started. President Lincoln was President Bush's seventh cousin five times removed. And Bush shared more than just a ballot with John Kerry. That's right, they're ninth cousins twice removed. There's also royalty in the Bush bloodline. Princess Diana was Bush's 11th cousin twice removed. And then yep. there's this bombshell. Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> I should have pulled the clip when Joe Rogan was... Uh, on Infowars the other day, Alex Jones called Marilyn Monroe a cum dump. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> sure, she may have been singing to JFK, but what about GWB? He is, after all, her ninth cousin, three times removed. He's also related to Playboy founder Hugh Hefner, even Pocahontas, and Vlad the Impaler. 
trace the family tree far enough, and you get Madonna, Celine Dion, and Tom Hanks. That's one Tom big Hanks club of incest, and you Tom ain't Hanks in it. deserves a, a bell for sure. <laughs> Tom, Just, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Forrest Gump, dude. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I I also wanted to say I was listening back to your conversation with um William Magus, the laptop demic one. Oh um, yeah. And the 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 actor guy you were thinking of from Hollywood that jumped off a bridge was Isaac Cappy. Cappy, that's right. Yeah. Very interesting things there. And there's a lot more to it that no one really knows. Um, I know. Malfi Buddha's series on that was crazy. Yeah. There's a particular journalist that I'm, that I follow who uh, has some relation to that story that I'm not at liberty to discuss because it's all pretty hush hush and very on the inside, but (laughs) it's pretty, it's pretty elaborate. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking inbred satanic pedophiles run the world no shit, and they believe dude. they're in contact with these things and the things are telling them eternal life everything you could ever want just kill everyone set up a world government build this design we're telling you we're friendly Vril. little guys oh. i can't do the alex jones as, as much as i'd like vril, vril. for vril dude um, i mean what the fuck what <laughs> the fuck so this it, is when my my research took a bit of a turn uh, okay. BitChute kind of has the opposite problem that YouTube has. Yeah, where I it's almost that like as not well. enough is censored. I noticed. So that. you start looking into videos on BitChute about bloodlines, and 90, 90 percent of the results you're gonna get are about how Jews are fucking really evil lizard people. <laughs> yeah, I found that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that was a problem. <laughs> Is that uh, is that your smudge stick to clear the room? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the this is the one I always play. This when I talk bad about Soros or something. Jews rock! I love Jews. So, uh, <laughs> so I I will, and it, yeah, they're like so the thumbnails on some of those videos are like, uh, what's that like really anti-Semitic meme of the Jew with a big nose rubbing his hands together? Oh, it's the Shylock thing. It's yeah, there's like Shylock so Jews, but like Count Dracula. But it's like a Shylock. It's just shit like that on BitChute when you go into the bloodline stuff. So I tried to avoid as much of that as I could. And yeah. Well, you got to think anyone who's going to put that as a fucking thumbnail. It's like, okay. I'm ignoring sh- that. You're yeah. showing your ass right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, come on. Owen Benjamin went down that in a really weird way. Like when he went off in the woods and fucking. <laughs> he's he's you know a fucking he weird guy. I love him, but he's fucking heavy duty, man. I think yeah. he's right half the time and completely out of line. He went, the, he went deep the into the half. Jew, anti-Jew shit, which like I love I love Jew jokes as much as any other racist jokes. But it's like at a certain point, it's like you really seem to believe this. It's like, OK, come on. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, so uh, for brevity here. Jews rock! So this was uh, this was uh, some of the stuff that wasn't Jew heavy that I found on BitChute of uh, Bloodline shit. So there were new beings planted in the garden. Primarily, they had been created to function as sources of food for the collection of gods that had been possessed by evil. Secondarily, 
they were to be used as physical vessels to be possessed by the gods. Once possessed, they would be used to carry out evil's plan to spread death and destruction on earth. Incest was practiced by ancient Egyptian royalty. Mothers married sons and brothers married sisters to keep the power and the money all in the family. Like their pharaonic ancestors, the British monarchy have a long history of incestuous inbreeding. So yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that Vlad the Impaler is like directly related. Like his, you can trace the ancestry of the Bushes and the fucking British royalty and Aleister Crowley and right. Galton and Huxley and Darwin all back to fucking Vlad the Impaler and like Transylvania. They're not even actually Anglo-British. But the British not, royalty aren't even fucking really British. But not Genghis Khan. Well, yeah, Genghis Khan's like related to all of Asia, isn't it? Something like one out of every six people in Asia is like a descendant of Genghis Khan because he just fucked and sucked his way through the fucking half the world. I think so, but I mean, so if if that's the case, then you think that someone like would I mean, we'd have some sort of trace ancestry back to Genghis Khan, but it seems to be like really contained into a specific genotype, or I guess phenotype. I don't know. But I just think that's interesting. No Genghis it is Khan weird. in any yeah, of those you're, um Maybe China. Maybe it goes to China. Right. But that's not too far away from uh, Central or Eastern Europe. Right. So where's Genghis? <laughs> Where on earth is Genghis San Diego? <laughs> where's that Magnolian blood? These spiritual beings have been ruling this planet through very specific bloodlines who long ago swore allegiance to these beings in exchange for wealth and power over the human race in preparing the whole world for the ultimate spiritual deception these evil entities this guy sounds like a he's from transylvania the ultimate spirit <laughs> or maybe i'm just deliriously tired <laughs> for the ultimate spiritual deception these evil entities have planned these bloodlines are literally able to be traced by genealogists all the way back to ancient Sumer and Babylonia and these human familiars or pets of the demonic angels have worshipped Satan and his minions under many forms from the time of Sumer right up to our present day yeah so I don't know how much I buy into all this but it's uh it's kind of what we were talking about already I, you know, honestly, Chris, dude, I, I totally, I totally buy that. I totally I do, do think there's something there, think but it's, it I think it's like, more interdimensional than when people say it's like fucking from another planet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that there is definitely something heavy and valuable about these bloodlines and the fact that the, the history, I don't think is really as old as, as we've been led to believe. And a lot of it's but, a whitewash. A lot of it is whitewashed, and everything else just seems so conveniently explainable, and yet it doesn't make sense. Whereas something like this just seems like a Occam's razor explanation, <coughs> you know? Yeah. And you and you think about the, I mean, just the the history, well, the the sheer history of violence and the fact that violence and aggression and subjugation is 
more natural to human beings and every other animal, especially human beings, because we have the capacity to reason and we can we can rationalize our way through torture and subjugation of other species and other human beings. Um, it's just a part of our life. It's been it's I mean, that is the Greece on the road to civilization is massive violence and aggression. People hey, don't. Greece was like the first modern civilizations. That's like a double entendre. <laughs> hey, yo. yeah, I just think that, you know, we didn't have tea and talk about restructuring borders until after millions killed each other. And, you know, and that's just what has to happen. So I, I think that these, I think there really is, especially when you're going all the way back to Sumer and pre-Babylonian things, it's nuts, man. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole graph that this guy put together. And of course you can't battle magic with graphs and science, but uh, what the fuck is this guy's name? I bought this humongous, <coughs> this humongous uh, chart for my girl last year for Christmas. And it's the Merkaba shape, but it maps out the entire history of the bloodlines going back to pre-Babylonia and Sumer. And it all connects to the, to, to the Vatican and the center of it all. And it spreads outward like a spider. It's really, Jesuits. really, yeah, it's fucking fascinating and horrifying, but it's all factually based on historical records as we understand them and as they've been provided to us. So yeah. it's all, I mean, it could all be very, very subjective, but I think that there is some objective rationality behind these bloodlines and the need to keep these bloodlines intact all the way through the third Reich and now the fourth industrial revolution. And I think that um, honestly, it's people like you and me and the people that we associate the no agenda listeners um, that we're the target, like not the target for assassination, but the target for assimilation, you know, and everything else, like the whole idea of like, what we're acknowledging and seeing as a war on critical thinking and a war on men and all these things, it's actually an you inversion. To invert that, like, it's actually not. It's, I mean, there is, that is all happening, but we are the targets, not the, not the weak. The weak are going to be killed anyway. They're the targets on one end, but the real acquisitional aspect, the gold in the pot are people like us. Of course, that could just be a very narcissistic, egocentric way of thinking that we're elevated and smarter than people. But fucking, we are. Let's face it. Let's get real. <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah. I needed that ego boost, dude. Yeah, you mean you've you said you've seen Waking Life, right? Yeah, but man, it's been a long time. Well over ten years. When Alex Jones was, is driving in the in the car and he's like, "Resistance is not futile. We're gonna win this thing. Humankind's too good. We're not a bunch of underachievers. We're gonna stand up and we're gonna be human beings. We're getting fired up about the real things, the things that matter." creativity and the dynamic human spirit that refuses to submit. I've seen that movie way too many fucking times. Shit, I've only seen it like once or twice, and every time I was way high and pretty drunk, and it was a <laughs> long time ago. It's so good. Uh, all right, so speaking of, speak of the devil, um, this is from Joe Rogan, episode 911 on Darwin. I'm being, nice. I'm being nice. You, you are being nice. nice. Seriously. I want to be nice. <laughs> you I'm are nice. nice You're a great guy. <laughs> fucking Eddie Bravo, dude. That's Eddie at the beginning of the clip. I'm being nice. I'm being nice. You are being nice. Seriously, I want to be nice. 
You I'm are. Edgy. You guys like guy. Eddie Look, Bravo. I love you, man. Eddie I'm, always, I'm always like, happy to see you. He's 12 what? years old. He, Eddie Bravo is like 12 years old forever. I'm so <laughs> jealous of the life so, that that guy lives. I love lives. him. Yeah. He's so I, funny. I have a friend that's so a cool. flat earther, like hardcore flat earther, and he's just, he reminds me of Eddie so much. Yeah. All right. What Sorry, I'm telling I, you I is, is that the, the globalists admit a lot of this. It's in a lot of their white papers, a lot of their reports. If you want me to actually give it to you, I will. Oh. They they say they believe they're going to become gods. The rest I of us are profane. Right, but all that to. shit about interdimensional beings, giving them all the data. Let me Where's tell you. Where's all that coming from? Is there okay, video? Uh, you, you know where. <laughs> is there video? Uh, let me Where's tell you. Where's all that coming from? Is there video? Okay, uh, you, you know where uh, the theory of, of the species and where all the Darwin stuff came from. He had, he had an hallucination and believed he was given all this stuff from, like, demons. And I'm not saying that's real. Are you confusing Darwin with Descartes? No, no, that's Darwin. Didn't Descartes have a, Isn't he the one that Darwin came too. up with the idea of science? Oh, it's science from a dream. A so Darwin's things. idea came from... Darwin was, like, really into uh, channeling and stuff, too, yes, right? Yes, yes. And the guy so that he, he came up... and he acts like he does it. Okay, whatever. Well, so there was the guy, that, the guy that... Yeah, a lot of those guys Tesla Yeah, they get the technology they believe from a freaking other dimension. I'm people, not even you know saying... People, you know, people... What is totally irritating cool is you know all about this as much as I do or more, Joe, and you sit there and act like you don't know. I forgot about it. you're afraid to give your audience all the information. Yeah, but you know what? I you forgot about it. Are you Joe saying I'm a shill? Hey, Joe. No. Joe, what are you saying? I'm a shill? Yes. Stop <laughs> doing more, Joe. Yes. And you sit there and I act like you don't it. know. I forgot about it. you're afraid to give your audience all the information. Whoa. Yeah, but you what know what? You, you know what you're saying? Are you Joe saying I'm a shill? Hey, Joe. No. Joe. I'm you saying you're smart. Proof, but you, you know, know all the well. shit I'm bringing up, and then you say I'm making it up that's interdimensional. Well, yeah, I just Tesla, wanted to know where it's coming Tesla from. Tesla definitely did say that. Tesla's the smartest guy ever. So did Darwin. Let me tell you. But no, uh, you probably already know Jamie's it pulling it up. You probably already know but it. But I know that Darwin's partner, the guy that he developed the theory of evolution, where they, where they both had like a similar theory and they Colton. came together with it, and he was like really into it to the point where he was into channeling and all sorts of weird I, I stuff. Love how he knows this. Discredited him. I I, I listened to it on radio lab. That's what they believe. I'm not yeah. saying it's real. CNN's gonna have me. I up listened here to it on a radio lab. Native advertising. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he fucking plugs radio lab all the time. No, it's crazy yeah. though that all, all, like. Most of our major science sciences, like fucking not just eugenics and biometrics and biology, the scientific method that Descartes came up with, fucking every government system, royal family, every, like every, our whole world is based on social structures and ideas that were invented air quotes, invented mm -hmm. by fucking people who believed in crazy shit, like channeling and fucking demons and angels and aliens and fucking child sacrifice. And it's like, mm -hmm. when you fucking go into the history of it, you're like, what the fuck? And that's what's so stupid about people that think like, that trust science so much, like oh God, I know. atheists it's and shit. And it's like, okay. Do you know who fucking came up with the scientific method? Do you understand how fucking crazy the guys that came up with evolution are or were? <laughs> right. And that that's why I have to lend credence to these to the ideas that these bloodlines have been around since pre-Babylonian times of Sumer and probably before that. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, and, and, and who the fuck knows where it came from, if it's always been here, if this has all been created, if there's a mimic. I mean, there's dude, you should listen to my girl talk about Black Sun. 
and the, the black sun behind the sun and the construct of the moon and the moon behind the moon. And Ooh, I don't know about just, this. It's heavy duty, man. That's a new rabbit hole I have to go down. I know about the yeah. black cube of Saturn. Oh, black sun is really good. A really heavy thing. I mean, I've... Is that what this, the song's about? Black hole, sun. Uh, I couldn't Won't tell you, man, because that's a piece of art and it's for subjective understanding. It's for you <laughs> to decide. Cop out. Yeah, well, you're afraid also, to give my audience the information, Dean. <laughs> he's also well. That's Chris Cornell. You know what happened to him? Uh, yeah, he got killed about, for exposing pedophilia. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, but oh, yeah, let me tell I mean, you. But no, sorry. So there was, I mean, so there is someone, and this is going to sound crazy. It's going to go back to what we were talking about with Beamer with the Ouija boards. There's someone that I contacted uh, via Ouija board recently, not alone, um, and this person had been recently killed dead and confirmed that it was at their own hands although we're still unsure if this person was in their own mind when they decided to do this and we asked this person where they were and this person said that they're in the black sun that they haven't ascended to a heaven or anything but they're no longer in their body they took their own lives and they're now residing in the black sun and they're not alone and they're under control in the black sun. Mm. Very interesting stuff. That sound that's I don't like the sound of that at all. It's scary. It's pretty scary. So there, there's, there's a whole nother level after leaving the body. There's a whole nother journey. And from what yeah, I understand yeah. that there's been like, the dead heaven and hell shit. Yeah, and there's a whole, there's just as much at stake after this body is ceasing and is no longer useful. There's, there's just as much at stake in the ethereal as there is here in the physical. Probably if more. You make, if you make wrong decisions, if you're led by desire or ambition or emotion, that you can end up further entrapped or enslaved in maybe in the black sun. I don't know. Well, I but think there there's like a, I think there's out. a collective, I think humanity, the human race is kind of has a collective journey and they're, we're tied together in more of a way than we think our, our destiny, our destruction and doom or our, uh, rising up to the next level on the next plane is more of a collective journey as a species. I'm sure there's like individual rep ramifications to that, but like the, the way it's been described to me is like the, the the universe or at least the earth is like an egg yolk and like we can hatch into like another like an, another level and i'm sure there's a microcosm of that for the individual soul i would say that i i agree with the collective ascension to a certain degree but i think where i stop with it is that i think it's the collective ascension specific to uh, or i guess unique to specific frequencies specific electromagnetic frequencies which can be um tuned through blood which Back lends to the itself bloodline. To, to the bloodline theories everything that is there's... the same thing <laughs> I know. so what are we doing <laughs> it's it two o'clock in the like, morning over there no matter what. dude it's fucking <laughs> almost three i gotta be at work in like six hours uh no there's like a certain when you talk about anything weird like this, like at a certain point, you just start talking in circles because it's like so cyclical in, in nature. Everything, it is, it's, everything it's leads confounding. into the thing you were just talking about. It's confounding, confounding and, and more, compounding. 
the more you dig, the more questions you have, and it's just a never ending thing. People literally go insane and kill themselves because they can't they can't figure <laughs> this shit out. <laughs> uh, or you just move into the woods and start yelling about Jews on your YouTube live stream until YouTube kicks you off, and then you start your own website yeah. and nobody watches it, and your name is Owen Benjamin. Totally. Oh, probably already know James it all. pulling it up. You probably already know it. But all. I know that Darwin's partner, the guy that he developed the theory of evolution, where they both had like a similar theory and they Coulter. came together with it, and he was like really into it to the point where he was into channeling and all sorts of uh, weird I stuff. I love how he knows this. Discredited him. I I, I listened to it on radio lab. That's what they believe. I'm not yeah. saying it's real. <laughs> CNN's gonna have me up here all clipped together. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they discredited <laughs> him. They just put all the emphasis on Darwin. That's why you only hear about Darwin. Let me tell work. you where it all came from. Okay, Albert please Pike. do. Freemasonry. Yeah, that's boom, phase boom. two. What about the, the aliens? aliens? Okay, let me, tell you. let me tell you. Give up the aliens. Come on. I know you know things. We got to go no, back to You guys want me to hear it, though. I do. We do. We I do. think you got to start there. We're just Who? fucking around. You don't Albert get to do Pike. a show like this very no, often. That's great. I love it. I'm not mad. Okay. Let me just tell you. Please do. Let me just tell you. <laughs> this was the first time Alex was on Joe Rogan. The next time Alex like went deep down a rabbit hole, but like Joe really tried to rail, like reel it in. This most recent time, the third time when Alex was on with Tim Dillon, yeah. Joe fucking shut him down. Like, we are not, now that he's on Spotify, I guess is what it is. He was like, he really derailed anytime Alex started to go into crazy land. He derailed and fucking Jamie looked it up and it was like, oh, he's actually right. So, I mean, he did his right. job to keep him on a leash because he fucking had to. And also yeah. because he's he's Joe Rogan, you know, he's got he's got to be that middle that middle, I'm not, you know, I'm not on either side. I'm the, I'm the everyman. I'm the everyman. He rides that fence so far up his ass crack, dude. That fence it's, that Joe rides. It's, it's a sad thing, man. I mean, I still love the guy and I still think he's great, but man, I'm just like, dude. You go back and listen to his show like eight years ago and it was like, he just didn't give a fuck. I know. Now like, he's got that, well, not, it's pre-Spotify money. I mean, he's the, he's the fucking... 10 times the Johnny Carson. He's 10 times that. Yeah. And that's At least he still has people like Alex on. I'll tell you what, he won't have Owen Benjamin on, though. They Why hate not? each other. But dude, oh, yeah. Like, I, I suppose, Owen Benjamin yeah. was calling Joe Rogan like a fat gay midget and was calling him like Toe Rogan and Joe Thumb. He spent like... Dude, Owen Benjamin spent like literally a year making... Half his videos were just about how just calling Joe Rogan a faggot and shit was like got pretty bad. <laughs> like, I love Owen Benjamin because uh, he does not give a fuck. See, when you have he definitely doesn't when give you a don't fuck. have anything to lose, you don't have anything to lose, <laughs> and, and, yeah. the, and the whole thing is like the only thing you have to lose is integrity. And if you decide your integrity, you don't have anything to lose. Yeah, if you don't. Give I mean, a I respect fuck, him, but I disagree with him on a, a couple of things. I like yeah, his take on the moon landing. I, I disagree uh, with him about a lot of things. I like the moon landing stuff, but at the same thing, I mean, like if Joe, if if Owen Benjamin all of a sudden was completely, totally demonetized and deplatformed, that guy would probably go get a construction job and be just <laughs> as happy as yeah. he is now. You know, that's what makes him, I think, a little bit more authentic than someone like Joe Rogan, who is physically probably broken enough that he really can't do a lot of hard type jobs nor does he have to because he's a multi-bazillionaire right um, have you seen just, the the podcast that changed owen benjamin's life um i don't know it's on the joey diaz is the church of what's happening now they have a if you look up on youtube just the podcast that changed owen benjamin's life they have like a five minute clip 
and cool, uh, I'll check that out. I love and Joey it's, Diaz. But like Joey Diaz gives him Joey Diaz like a bunch of those stars of death. Like he's this. like he's like he's like gives him a bunch of those stars of death. They're like a thousand milligrams of THC a piece or whatever. Yeah. And oh, it's like the clip is like oh, they like cut it down. It's like progressing through the episode, and Owen Benjamin is just like spaced out, and then he starts having a panic attack because he like didn't use he didn't never really gets high. And this is like the this is like the moment where his career shifted from somebody that was respected in Hollywood and stand up comedy and was in movies and shit to like just literally like just a, a totally one eighty, and he's like just. <laughs> Wow, so running around I guess, in the woods saying the n word and stuff, but like he, during so the podcast, Joey he like Diaz. gets up and leaves. He's like, "I need to get some air," and he gets up and walks out of the room and never comes back. He like didn't even have a car; he just fucking walked <laughs> off into Joey LA. Diaz and broke Joey Diaz and Benjamin. I know, and then Joey <laughs> Diaz is like, "He's like, uh, I'm gonna." He's like, "Poor cocksucker, I'm gonna eat a couple more stars out of respect or whatever." <laughs> just they just keep doing the podcast because Owen Benjamin just fucking got up and left having a panic attack. Oh my yeah, look god! Look at the, the podcast that changed Owen Benjamin's life. I'll check <laughs> it out. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll be here all night if I don't plow through these. I got like two more clips, so rip it. Okay. Let me just tell you, please do. Let me just tell you. If you look at this, that's what I'm telling you. I don't believe it. Okay, I'm telling you, studying what the establishment believes, none of them are atheists. They all believe they're getting interdimensional stuff. So if you go back to Galton and Wedgwood and Huxley, you recognize all these modern names. And if you go back to Darwin, Darwin wrote this. These letters are public. You can read these online from the National you know, Royal Archives in England and stuff. They all believed, they were all part of a secret breeding program where the British thought they would have like this superhuman if they bred these six families together to like create all this is like mainline British history. This is right. like, this is known okay. in the whole eugenics history. And then Galton, who's related to all these other guys, in the 1850s, he starts having these ideas, and he says there's a double helix, which is the snakes for, for science mm -hmm. and, and, and medicine. And he said, and we're going to discover the keys and the building blocks to life. And he said it's going to be called biometrics, and we'll track everybody by reading their genetics. This is what Hitler freaked out about and picked up. Mm -hmm. And something like eight of the 14 new sciences like half or more than half the sciences that came since the 1860s were all from Galton and all from Darwin. So the media and the liberals give you this one thing, you know, origin of the species, like, I'm not saying it's wrong or right. It's super heavy, like, galactic stuff. They give this to you. This is only one little boiled down BS they want you to have. You go to what these guys really wrote. They were like intermarrying and involved in wicked seances and channeling and and and, and all this weird ass crap. And then they envisioned, okay, there's a double helix. DNA discovered it. Okay, biometrics. Okay, world government. Okay, right. computers. Okay, atomic weapons. Give me the equations. Give me the equations. <laughs> He's so right about that, though. <laughs> yeah. The way Alex Jones is able to break certain things down is just makes me so happy. I know, man. He's a national treasure. It is. It's true. Uh, so I, I got. I think I gotta, there's. I think there's something there, though, man. I think he's right on there. And I think yeah, Joe is he, funny he's, that he's he like. He doesn't go as. He doesn't but even so get as kind of woo woo as David Ike does when he just. I, I do have a. I'm just going to tack it onto the end of the episode in post because it's a long clip, but I'll 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 leave after these two Galton clips. I'll leave on a David Ike clip at the end of the episode tack that on in post because yeah, it is fucking good, late as fuck <laughs> good but, good uh good good teaser because i think he got that coming you got that yeah shit david in the ike's bag, huh? booked for january 
damn. fingers crossed. I'm so I'm so hoping that that uh, that happens because I've been I've been given the go ahead, but I'm really that'll be a big big guest. Interesting. Man. I think yeah. I heard he canceled on Gramerica though after Gramerica booked him, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen to me. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, he's a busy Plow man. I, I wouldn't be mad at him, but I will be sad. If he Anyways, Galton. Something interesting happens in the 19th century, which is during, you know, towards the end of, well, the middle period of colonialism for most of Western Europe, we have the development of, basically, of scientific racism. And it all starts with a guy called Francis Galton, who travels extensively when he's a student, goes off on a huge gap year, comes back, and there's this famous phrase by Mark Twain, which is, racism is, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it exactly, but... Uh, um, the more you travel, the less likely you are to be racist. Now, Galton goes off, he travels through the heart of darkness in Africa, and he comes back, and he's even more racist than he was beforehand. So Galton is Darwin's half-cousin, right? And he is obsessed with status, he's obsessed with hierarchy. Oh, he fucking related. Darwin's great success with The Origin of mm -hmm. Species, which propels Darwin to being a superstar. And... He, he writes a book about genius, inherited genius. Don't genius live in a lamp? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Patrick Starr, dude. SpongeBob has some of the best quotes. Um, uh, which, weirdly enough, for Galton, really falls to white English people. Um, he writes a letter to the Times um, uh, a few years later in the 1780s, suggesting that Africans are not intellectually advanced or civilized enough to maintain their own affairs, but the Chinese, who are intellectually superior, though not superior to white people, to English white people, um, should go into Africa and manage the African affairs because Africans are not. Uh, oh, sounds like exactly what the fuck's happening now. Yeah. China yeah. coming in and managing Africa, which has been going on more and more the last 10 years. Fucking Galton just happened to nail that one on the head. Yeah, these only people a, only a hundred years before these fucking inbred years. fucks have literally everything they wanted to happen, whether it was Hitler with the he envisioned the European Union and the Olympics and all that came right. to fruition. Fucking Galton's got over there saying China should run Africa and that's happening. It's like these people that get written off as fucking crazy. Hitler being the best example, everything they wanted to have happen just fucking happens to happen because it's gradualism, dude. It's it's part of the whole frog in the water. It's the Fabian society thing where it's like it's permanent, long-lasting change through gradual incremental legislation and gradual incremental influence in other parts of society so that it is. It's frog in the water. It's like as things just It's a fucking wrapped, virus, dude. It's influenza. It's, it's influenza. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> You're a goddamn uh, genius down there in Tennessee. The only, Holy shit. It's the kind of shit that I would only say at three in the morning. It's English about people. girth, not um, length. He writes a letter to the Times. Times the yacht. <laughs> to um, white English people. Um, he writes a letter to the Times um, uh, a few years later in the 1780s, suggesting that Africans are not intellectually advanced or civilized enough to maintain their own affairs, but the Chinese who are intellectually superior, though not superior to white people, to English white people, um, should go into Africa and manage the African affairs because Africans are not 
uh, capable of doing it for themselves. Uh, you know, he points out that the Chinese are also quite devious and quite subservient. So, you know, just making sure that the hierarchies are absolutely perfectly in place. So are you Chinese or Japanese? I live in California last 20 years, but uh, first come from Laos. Huh? Laos. We Laotian. The ocean? What ocean? We are Laotian. <laughs> from Laos, stupid. It's a landlocked country in Southeast Asia. It's between Vietnam and Thailand, okay? Population, 4.7 million. So are you Chinese or Japanese? Oh. Did you know that China and Japan are actually <laughs> a different countries? Oh, really? Hey, that's right. If you look at map, you can see. <laughs> this whole thing is China and Japan is this little bitty country over here. And that's why the Japanese always try and take over China. What? The Japanese rape and kill people in Nanking. The only thing Japanese love more than killing people is killing themselves. Suicide rate in Japan sky high. Fuck you. Oh no, I'm a Japanese and I had a bad day. I think I'm gonna kill myself. The Chinese are also quite devious. <laughs> the Chinese are also quite devious. Oh. Oh, that's really good. I love that ISO. The Chinese. Are... That's a good one. You should send that to NA. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Oh no, I'm Japanese. I had a bad day. I think I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Okay. But yeah, you fucking nailed it, man. That's exactly what's happening now. They've been planning it for eh, a couple hundred years, maybe a hundred years, 150 years. Couple hundred million more like it, buddy. Yeah, true. I have no idea. <laughs> Bloodlines. I mean, uh. bloodline. I mean, bread rhymes. Bread rhymes. I was about to say from bloodlines to breadline. <laughs> nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, now, we're right there. The guy is obviously a racist. He's, an, he's a fascinating character because he was a genius in many ways. Um, invented a whole bunch of science and a whole branch of science that we utterly rely on now. Yeah, I mean, some, some trivial stuff. He invented a new way to cut a round cake. <laughs> um, but the key thing is he was obsessed with measuring people Ugh. and he in invented <laughs> girth <laughs> times length <laughs> divided by the yard. Um, but the key thing is he was obsessed with measuring people <laughs> and he in invented all sorts of what he called uh, biometrics um, uh, or anthropometrics and that it, with those metrics of people all sorts of characteristics of people. He invented the statistics that we still rely on today, and that is the field that became genetics, human genetics. So the guy that invented biometrics, classifying people through their genetics, that was super fucking racist, eugenicist, then Hitler yeah. wanted to do the same thing with IBM to barcode everybody and exterminate certain races. And we still have a bunch of fucking sheep doing a little prick and sending their shit into the 21, 23 and me and fucking Ancestry.com. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like all this shit that they had to do by force is now just like people just fucking pay to <laughs> submit their I know. And, and, how, and how do they do it, man? They'll pay voluntarily because their emotions have been, they play on their emotions. 
and say, <laughs> oh, we see that you have this heart inside that chest and it's, you know, a vacant chasm of nothingness and meaningless, vapid emptiness. But wouldn't it be nice to know that there was love once? Investigate your family history because <laughs> your life is meaningless, but your grandparents had meaning. You know, I mean, that's really was the it messaging. on no agenda? They were talking about twenty three and me or some shit for your dog to find out like your dog's ancestry. Yeah, dude, just playing <laughs> on emotions like endlessly, <sighs> endlessly, and they know that we're such suckers for it. Not me, but most people are. Mm, I think there's probably uh, five hundred million people aren't. <laughs> you know, maybe it's a little bit of a conservative estimate, but. This, I mean, I think about those Georgia Guidestones, man, and it's like if that's the if that's the number that these people that are going for for real, like for for real, trying to get to that for real, yo, trying to get to that number. So many good fucking episode the episode titles out of, coming out of this one <laughs> for real society for for real, and I like a I really like from from bloodlines to bradlines. That's a good one. But that has nothing to do with... This is like a uh, six-hour podcast. I might have to split it up into three parts anyway. Yeah. Why not, man? Fuck it. This is America. Who cares? Fuck it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man. um, Yeah, I might have to end this thing at some point because I'm going to be killing... I work both jobs tomorrow. I'm going to be dead, so... Jesus, I know. Me too. I have have a 12, 13-hour day tomorrow. It's going to be ridiculous. You got any more clips? You all done? Uh, I'll close out. I'll put it in post. Uh, This Ike... David Icke on Bloodlines. Maybe throw in a Alex Jones clip after that for the hell of it. That'll be in post. Um, but cool. yeah, man, Dean, it's always a blast. I love Fuck yeah. chatting with you, and uh, glad you got to hang with Noah for a while. Dude, and I love it's him. It's a Up Is Down podcast. Hell yeah! Check that out. Uh, a couple episodes doing, of that'll be linked in the show notes. Doing the swap cast with the abs in a six pack. I've definitely had more than a six pack tonight but i'm drinking low gravity beers so i'm 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 chill and uh i'm doing good this is fucking great man this has been so cool how many been... zero gravity beers does it take for you to start floating zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck dude zero i might as well stay up till i have to work in the morning at this rate <laughs> no don't do it that don't do it <laughs> the shadow people will get me if i do that no man because oh god dude i've done that before i'm not i'm 42 i used to do that though when i was like 25 years old so you probably still have the stamina that you could do it maybe a little help from some chemical additives yeah i tried that one time just with fucking red bull and shit and my whole body was like vibrating hard even though it wasn't it felt like my whole body was just like electric like And I heard that and felt it after for about an hour until I went to bed. Like by the time I actually got home, yeah, you would that need shit's real not drugs. good. You yeah, that shit's not drugs. good for you. But yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Links links to all your shit and your Twitter and your podcast will be in the show notes. And let's do this again soon. I'm excited to talk about dog man person. Oh, dude, I'm super stoked to get into dog man. But man, Chris, I love you, dude. This has been so cool. I love absence six pack. I don't know what I'm going to do with any of this audio, but I do want it. I don't know if I even recorded the last half of it since we got back from our break, but um, I'll I'll take the, the file and I'll put it in there. We'll do a swap cast thing. But absence six pack, Chris Arnold in Tennessee, somewhere in the woods, somewhere in the city, somewhere in the fucking world. 
super badass dude i love your show it's this has been so fucking cool thank you for your courage <laughs> I, it's just such a shame that our bodies shut down and our brains get dumb because we could just <laughs> i would just do this for another i feel few like i'm having hours. a slumber party right now i've never done i don't think i've i think i've only done one podcast that was longer than this or maybe about the same time it was that beer podcast where i was just blackout drunk <laughs> and uh yeah this is definitely a record other than that one maybe, maybe i don't even know that's not even so know. cool man i'm so glad we got to get into the fort hood stuff too because dude i was looking around on other podcasts and searching the internets on my very limited ability to skirt to to, to search to skirp because um, i don't really know <laughs> i mean i can put in some keywords and stuff but like nothing came up there's really the only podcast that's been covering the fort hood stuff is actually fucking no Nancy remember we rebranded it to fort good yeah it's fort good fort good, fort good from now on we're good now <laughs> now on we took care of all those businesses but yeah nancy grace is the only one that's actually been doing it concurrently <laughs> really? and then of course she stopped in the middle of the summertime nancy yeah so but it I was really her. cool because i think it was a good show and i love going into the fucking bloodline stuff man because there's so much there I really love Noah Beamer. That was super fucking cool. Uh, I'm just grateful, man. I'm super stoked. And I'm, I'm going to shut up now so you can get to bed and I can get to bed. But life's thanks, good man. And the, life's good and so is the fort. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll catch you on the flip side, brother. And uh, let's definitely touch base again soon. This is a blast as always. Totally, man. All right, Chris, man. Good night, dude. Have a good night, Maeen. When the world started to recover from great geological catastrophes, which I'll come to in a second, there were areas of the world that stood out in terms of their abilities and potentials and advancement. These were some of them. And this area is particularly important to the bloodlines I'm talking about. The area that was once called Sumer, thousands of years BC, and became Babylon. This is why Babylon comes up in the writings of these people uh, so often. And it's Mesopotamia, the land between two rivers. They didn't invade Iraq just for oil or just for anything. They didn't invade it for one thing, but multiple things. But one reason they're so obsessed with Iraq is because to these bloodlines in control of the world today, this is a very significant, almost religious piece of land of historical importance to them. As Sumer and Babylon broke up, these bloodlines started going walkabout. They became the royal families of the world. And what do royal families claim? The right to rule because of the divine right to rule. The Chinese emperors used to claim the right to be emperor because of their genetic connection to the serpent gods. And this is a theme all across the world between the serpent gods and royalty. They became the aristocracy and the royal families claiming the right to rule because of their DNA. Just down the bloody road from here, we have a head of state in Britain to this day who is only head of state because of her DNA. Head of state because of her DNA. I actually uh, made a complaint, nothing happened to it, but I made a complaint to the uh, Race Relations Commission or whatever they call it. They said, if you see racism, report it. So I reported the royal family. I thought, well, I mean, you would. You would. Because 
They, they go, racism, we must stop racism. All these bloody politicians go, well, get down to Buckingham Palace then. You're saying you can only be head of state, not only if you're bloody white effectively, but if you only come from the same bloody family. Ridiculous. Anyway, it's always been and it still is. And so these uh, aristocratic and royal families moved on. Eventually, when the people started to rebel against overt royal control dictatorship, these families, some of them stayed in the royal families overtly, and there's still some around, like ours. But these families moved into politics, into banking, into business, and became the dark suit, so, but they still perceived themselves as royalty, as special because of this genetic connection to the serpent gods. And through the, great, the British Empire, the so-called Great British Empire, and the other European empires, as these uh, bloodlines moved up into Europe from the Middle East, etc., they exported these bloodlines all over the world. And we saw them in power in what we call colonization. But there's two types of control. One has a finite life, one can go on forever until it's exposed. The one that has a finite life is a dictatorship that the people under dictatorship can see, touch and taste. Communism, fascism, apartheid. People know where they stand and eventually, therefore, they will rebel against it because they know what they're dealing with. The greatest form of control is a control you can't see. Prison without the bars. You can't see the bars because you'll just sit there. People do not rebel against not being free when they think they are. And that's the idea um, of replacing the colony control with another kind of control called freedom. So what happened is as these um, colonies, like, like the United States as it became, etc., and all the others around the world, as they were given independence, what was left out in those countries were the bloodline, under different names, the secret society network that manipulates the bloodline agenda, and those countries have gone on being controlled ever since. But because they have the ability to have a vote every four or five years, they don't realize they live in a tyranny. And that's how it works, the prison without the bars, and until it's exposed, it'll go on forever. And so these kind of people, especially the Rothschilds, they are major, major players in this. They are the middlemen for the manipulation of this reality from these entities mostly outside of this reality. And what they've created is like a global transnational corporation. What you have with a corporation is you have a headquarters somewhere in the world, and then in each country you have subsidiary companies of that headquarters, that central point. And all the subsidiaries in the world carry out the policy of the central point. Well, what these Illuminati hybrid family networks have done is create exactly the same, but instead of companies, they are secret society networks. So you've got the center of the web in Europe, for historical reasons, uh, at operational level anyway, people at places like London, not the British government, the secret society center in London, in um, Rome is another one, the Roman church, Rome and, and other points in Europe. And then in each country, you have families from the network in those countries whose job it is, is to run the networks that control that country's business, banking, politics, media, all of it. And so what you have is from this central point in Europe, the center of the web, all these different places and countries all over the world then impose on their country what is being dictated here. And that's why as I travel around the world, I see the same things being introduced in different countries at the same time, overwhelmingly justified by the same excuses. It's all a global 
uh, network. Here it is right here. Wolfgang Wudard is the chair of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe Health. And this is an official advisory board to the United Nations EU whole system. And he's been a very moral, good guy with a group of scientists for years, and medical doctors exposing things. Here is their petition to the European Union, European Medicines Agency, Committee for Human Medical Products, COVID-19 EMA Pandemic Task Force, Domenico Secretariat 6, it's all UN as you see. Even though it's EU, it's all UN nomenclature. Petition motion for administrative regulatory action regarding confirmation of epicy and points used for the data in connection with the following clinical trials. And then they have a huge medical paper written up by a bunch of prestigious scientists and medical doctors saying, okay, you're violating international law, Geneva Convention, Nuremberg Code, U.S. law, EU law, waiving all these trials, and then what you admit in the trials is super deadly and dangerous. I mean, this is... That's what I'm saying, folks. This is like a collapse of, of, of checks and balances. This isn't just a waiver or legislative protection or liability protection. This is you can do anything you want. And then there's whole areas with top virologists going, we don't know why. You don't say why you add jellyfish DNA in here and you have the body replicate bioluminescence so we glow. What the hell is that? But Dr. Wudar goes, we're guessing it's about tracking so that once your body grows these luminescent cells, remember like 20 years ago, you could buy a racist monkey in South Korea for like $5,000 that glows in the dark because it's been crossed with a jellyfish. That was even in like Wired Magazine. People didn't believe me back then. Guys, type in, buy glow-in-the-dark monkeys. I'm, I'm not joking. Well, now you're going to be a glow-in-the-dark monkey because they call it a vaccine, but what it is is gene therapy. Well, it's one thing if you take some kid that has autoimmune problems, you give them mama's bone marrow if it matches, and the kid learns to have an immune system, and it's a miracle. But what about, well, we're just going to put some, 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 some rhesus monkey in you. How, how about some glow-in-the-dark jellyfish? That's in there. I mean, can you imagine reading this? Because I was just going to read the paper. And then once I saw that, I said, okay, I got to read all this. There it is, MIT technology. Glowing monkeys inherit jellyfish genes. You hear that? This gives you the genes of the jellyfish, so you will glow too. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just can't even. Like, this is like aliens attacking. I mean, they might as well have flying saucers landing. That'd be easier to deal with because we could fight them. I mean, this is what the hell's going on here? Sorry. Overhead shot, please. Um, <laughs> at a certain point, I just, fine, folks, if you want this, just go ahead and do it. I mean, I just, Sorry, sorry, I, I'm not cracking up. I, I, I just, this is getting too out of control. Let's go to the paper. Uh, it goes into how the PCR test is fake and the inventor of it says it's fake and it's 96% an exaggeration and then they turn it up way higher than it's supposed to be and it's all false, it's all based on a lie. So how do they know that these vaccines actually protected somebody from a PCR test that's a fraud? Then they admit that the actual studies of the mRNA vaccines here, um, they list them here, don't even actually protect you and they admit it doesn't protect you and they admit it doesn't cause the stop the spread. And I didn't just believe this report. I went and looked it all up and it was true. You hear what I just said? I know you're probably still stuck on cell reprogramming that will make you release proteins that glow in the dark. 
and how they skipped the animal trials, statement of grounds for the suit, trying to block it. I read all this on the Saturday show for a full hour. I read the whole damn thing for you on air. And how they get liability protection, how dangerous it is. They just don't care anymore, folks. And here's a really key point, how you've got this super common virus family. And so if you take this, in 70% of people, it causes an excitokine storm. The next time you come into a virus that's similar to this, now because this doesn't give you immunity, what it does is causes you to have an autoimmune response that can then kill you or cause brain damage. ADE is a major reason for many previous vaccine trials for other this problem, the reason they failed. Reason other studies failed with the coronavirus. Major safety concerns were observed in animal models. If ADE occurs in the individual, the response to the virus can be worse than the response if they had never developed an antibody in the first place. This can cause hyper-inflammatory response, an, a cytokine storm, and generally dysregulation of the immune system. So it can shut your immune system down or cause a giant immune system overblow that kills you. But if your immune system shuts down, the first time a cell replicates wrong, it, your body doesn't stop it and you die of cancer. I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I went and read the white paper and I went and read the papers that it's attached to. And it's even scarier. Now, I'm three pages into this, okay? Now you know why I'm going crazy. In fact, if you want to die, just take it and die. My God. What the hell is going on here? I mean, that's the thing. Sitting up here and talking about this and just acting normal and like, oh, by the way, they got sterilants in the vaccine. Oh, well. And, you know, Joe Rogan was in here last week. He's a really nice guy. He's like, Alex, just project your goodness onto others and just believe and don't be tribal and we'll all just come together. We'll all come. What? Obviously, I could sell out to the globalists and live in a $50 million house, Joe. Not an $18 million one, and I'm not even saying Joe's a bad guy. But my God, man, I sit here and I report the reality, and Bill Gates is developing an MIT and under-the-skin injection with a vaccine to track everything you do. Then they come out and say, Jones is crazy, it doesn't exist. I have the MIT scientist on video and the grants. I have it! It's just like when they're sitting there saying, Oh, uh, there's no evidence of fraud. No, you just have the entire chain of fraud in Georgia all caught on a video camera. Sorry, I haven't gotten to page five or six yet. Let's go to the host. Sorry. Oh, it just gets better. <laughs> they go on and just beg them to do something and point out how dangerous this is and it's a crime against humanity, and it totally is. Now, the Pfizer bio mRNA vaccine when 70% of people will, again, attack the placenta if you're having an autoimmune response or the production of these passive antibodies or non-passive antibodies. You really want to go read point six on page five. And then, and you're not just reading this from one of the chief medical officers in the EU who's highly respected, We've got the actual paper here. External peer review to the RT, PCR, and it just goes through every exhibit with links to all these mainline studies and even EU findings that the PCR test is a fraud and that this thing's caused sterilization in similar studies of UN 
studies they did with similar vaccines for the admitted purpose of sterilization. Again, how do you think Wolfgang Wudar, Dr. Wudar, knew to go look this up? He already goes and knows there's a UN sterilization operation. So then he goes and studies their admitted vaccines are developing. He's like, holy hell, it attacks the same protein. They're claiming this is for the SARS family. It's not. The target is the woman's uterus. When it produces that protein, which is fast growing like a virus, to grow those tentacles out and grab that zygote and go, mine. <clears throat> Mama shoots those out. <clears throat> and it's going to hit that and stop that right there dead in its tracks, ladies and gentlemen. Talk about satanic. Your body reaching out lovingly to that zygote, that baby. Your genetics, all your ancestors, your husband's ancestors, all of you in this magic moment, and they're like Darth Vader going, no, and just slicing through it. God, that's satanic. And if you let them do it, you deserve it. But I'm putting Bill Gates of the New World Order and all of them on notice. You don't have a right to do this to me and your 5G and your GMO and you're assaulting me. And all I'm saying is you're assaulting everybody on earth and your enemies of humanity. You're committing crimes against humanity. And I pray to God Almighty, in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, that you be visited with an awakening or that God stop you however God sees fits and it's in God's hands. But we must call on God. We must call on God to visit whatever angel God sees fit upon these people. Or you can sit there and you can take it because I haven't even gotten into all the UN vaccines when they admit sterilized people. You understand? And by the way, the globalists threaten me and all this stuff. That means nothing to me, <laughs> nothing. I just thank God every morning I'm not you because you're the ones that ought to be afraid because God of the universe hates your degenerate ass for playing God. You little slimy monsters that would destroy free will. You will be destroyed, not us.